I can hear you. Can you hear me? It's coming through my other speakers. Hang on. Let me see if I can figure out why that is. All right. I always have problems when this thing starts up, it seems like. Hi. Yeah. Yep, better. Okay. I, I don't know why it defaulted to my computer speakers instead of my <laughs> headphone speakers. Uh, I don't know. Like I, like I was saying, every time I start uh, with this particular show, mine never works right. I usually have to jump off and jump back on. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know what's going on. So Mike just like overindulged in work yesterday. Is that what's going on, or? Yeah, I don't. Or no, he said his Skype wasn't working. That's what it was. Yeah, no, he. It, it, but yeah, he, he was very sore. Um, from from his all the yard work, I guess he did because he um he he texted he texted us he texted us uh, some information, right? Yeah. Um, or no, he wanted to know the weekly code, and it was like. My time, 4.36 a.m., I just happened to get up to uh, – I have – I don't know. Um, I have to get up really early, like, for work, and on the weekends, I, I seem to like, get up around that time anyhow, and then I try to go back to sleep. Yeah. So I was, I was awake at – I had just woken up, and I usually, like, scroll to my phone. That makes me sleepy. I go back to sleep. So I saw – I'm like, what is he doing up? <laughs> Oh, like very sore. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, I just saw they said he, he'd been really working, and there was something about black widows or something. Like, what the bleep was oh, going yeah, on? He's got black, yeah, he's got black widows in his yard. Jeez. Oh, no, thank yeah. you. I don't want yeah. any of that. I don't, <laughs> I don't like dealing with spiders, period, much less ones that like can potentially kill you. So, I know, right? I'll, I'll take a pass. <laughs> Have you well, been? It feels like it's been a while. It, I think it's been a while since I mean I don't know if the last time me and you were talking was on your podcast I think it was yeah because I think the last one I did with the group was uh Chris and and Mike and then I've just had you know you know how summer is you're you got kids it's yep. summer summers are tough hell school oh, years yeah. are tough <laughs> and you know it it, it really I mean you know, it's like you only have a certain number of of weekends in the in the summertime, right? And if like anyone in the family just wants to plan something, it's like I I don't want to say, especially with the kids being younger and stuff, like I don't want to say, you know, just do it without me because oh, you only no. have so much time, you know. Right. Uh, I'm lucky. Kristen always usually has like a a girlfriend brunch on. Sundays. So if if it, it ends up not being a thing, it's because we've you know specifically really planned something because uh, that means she's she's putting off uh, her brunch and then you know it just happens to fall on the one weekend that you know that's something we got a family plan. But yeah, yeah, you just yeah you got to take advantage of it while you can, and when it comes up, you uh, push through and say, okay, make it work. And yeah. I'm not, re not recording this week or whatever. Yeah. And I can't remember like the last one, it wasn't anything like even crazy that we were 
gonna do. I think we were just like gonna hit up like farmers markets or something oh, like sure. that. And it's like, you know, I mean, it's not anything we like really special, but it, you know, I just wanna wanna spend the time while I can and while it's still nice out and stuff like that. And so, yeah. I remember what mine was. Now it was the turtles. Did you? Did oh, you, you went, Did y'all see no. that yet? Oh no, sir. I'm not that big of a fan. I thought it was I've never seen any Ninja Turtles movie. Oh, okay. I like I, I like the Turtles pretty good, but this was this was not made for me, and that's fine. You know, it was. Was it made for? I think it's made for people who like Seth Rogen. Oh, okay. <laughs> and and for kids, and I think a lot of times maybe that humor inter, interacts because. Mm. Like there's a puke scene that just seems to go on and on and on. I'm just like, I just, just, okay, I get it. <laughs> you know, not funny to me, and it's not supposed to be for me, and I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, yeah, the kids sure. enjoyed it. Um, sometimes the kids can push me through a, a, a mediocre movie. Um, I think I used this example of the last time we talked about this sort of thing with the. Uh, not that it's even mediocre. It was fine. Uh, the I love Bumblebee, but the second Transformers that's come out, uh, the Beast, whatever. I haven't seen it. Uh, I, I will uh, if if Zach wants to see it. I will, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's it's fine. I, I enjoyed it. It's not a bad movie, but getting to watch it and watch him watch it made that movie for me. Oh yeah, I totally know what you mean. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think we have talked before. It's like there's some movies that I. There's no way I would have ever gone to see, but watching it with the kids, it's like, oh, yeah, it's now it's a, a really enjoyable experience. Well, he's at that really sweet age to the, you know, where I was seeing Conan the Destroyer and uh, Krull and Superman 3. And even though I know in my heart of hearts, probably those three movies are not very good or potentially in the case of like Conan the Destroyer actually bad. Mm-hmm. They still mean a lot to me because when I saw them, right. and I think th- this could potentially be that type of movie for him. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I definitely think uh, like Blue Beetle we went and saw yesterday. I liked it, but I think the fact that the family uh, as a whole liked it so much, it, it probably pumped it up even more for me. It elevated it for you. Yeah, because I mean, my wife really liked it. My daughter really liked it. Uh, Henry loved it, so I mean that. Oh, that's that's cool. Yeah, when they get that excited, uh, it, it makes a big difference. Oh, absolutely. So I I, um, I, got, I got a question for you that you're unique. You're uniquely able to answer. Oh boy. Okay. Do people from Iowa call their state sometimes Iowa? <laughs> I don't know. I think maybe like silly, like like if they're being silly. I was trying to say sillily. I don't think that's a, is that a word? Like sure. if they're being silly, maybe. Like I've, uh, I've, been, oh, I've been listening to a lot of the Music Man. Um, oh, um, sure, sure. I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but we got the kids to watch the the movie and they actually enjoyed it. But there's a there's a um there's a scene that uh, that Robert Preston's you know Music Man character said. Oh, oh no, I know I pronounced it. I, I thought you didn't like when people say Iowa. And they said, well, we don't like it when other people, but we, we use it every once in a while. So I wanted to know if you ever heard anyone say Iowa. 
Yeah, I think, and, and I think it's one of those, it's like, oh, well, you know what, I away, you know, they're just, <laughs> when it's, it's somebody being silly. Yeah, yeah. I, I've definitely heard it, but I wouldn't say it's like the everyday conversation. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? The funny thing is, at work, they were just talking um, about quintessential Iowa movies, and that was the one that got mentioned. And oh, I for said, sure. and I said, well, what about, cause I've never seen it. And I said, You've well, never what seen if, the music yet? No. See, that is one that it must have been on repeat in, in HBO when I was a, a, a kid. Sure. Seen it a million times. So finally we watched it. I'm like, I don't know if the kids are going to appreciate it or not because I was thinking a lot about this. And, like, when I was their age, it's like you, you had to watch what was available. Meaning, Almost definitely. Like, like, if you had, if you were lucky enough to even have HBO, well, HBO is going to show what HBO wanted to show, so you can either watch it or not. Right. And it, that's what made me realize. I'm like, now nowadays with the kids, they have they they're not. There's never any time that they're that they need to just settle on watching something that's not made for specifically for them. They never have to do that. Right. Because even if they're in the hotel with regular cable, they can always pull their phone out or their tablet yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, you're absolutely or, right. Or, I mean, or put on, depending on, on the age range, they can probably find a channel that's geared toward the, their age range. They that's never true. ever have to settle for something that's not made for their age. Um, so I'm, I really wondered if they were going to like Music Man or not, and they the music hooked them. So yeah, it was, nice. it was, it was a great experience showing them that first time I'd seen it in many, many years, but well, as a well, kid, I watched it a million times. You're definitely the second person in a week's time that's mentioned <laughs> that movie. So I think I need to, to get it watched. I mean, I know this, is it 76 trombones? I know this. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know some of the music. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, a lot of their music is, the music is just famous. Yeah. Um, there's that one song and I, I assume that it's from the music band and the Beatles covered and not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, that, there were birds in the sky, but I never heard them sing like that. I don't know if you... Uh, I know that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the Beatles, I'm assuming, covered it. I think it's from the Music Man, yeah. I think the first time I actually heard that one, it's something square, isn't it? What is the name of that song? Anyway, I think the yeah, first time I, I had ever heard it was uh, maybe a Harry Connick Jr. Album. Oh, yeah, could be. Yeah, I, I remember there was that little sweet spot in the late 80s, early 90s where I was really into Harry Connick Jr. And then he started doing, he went from doing like jazz standards to doing like kind of this weirdo New Orleans funk stuff. And then by the time he's on whatever it was, American Idol, I'm just like, I don't even like this guy anymore. <laughs> but like that early one, Harry Met Sally type stuff, I I, I really, really liked him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, dang it, now I want to know. I could sing it, but I'm I'm not going to embarrass myself for you by doing it. Well, that's um, why I just that's why I said many of those <laughs> lyrics just now because I'm like I'm there's no way that you want to hear me sing. <laughs> um, yeah. So the funny thing was, I was like, well, uh, uh, the the movie I always think of with Iowa is uh, Field of Dreams. Oh, okay. Yep, that makes yeah. sense. And um, because. It's kind of like, uh, whatchamacallit, um, I was telling Henry about it. We were on the Channel Cat yesterday, which is kind of uh, basically just a way to go across the river between 
like uh, the Quad Cities. Basically, it'll go into Rock Island, then it'll go to. Actually, I don't think it ever hits Rock Island. I take that back. I think it hits Moline in two spots. Anyway, it's it goes across the river, the Mississippi, in the Quad Cities. And I was telling him about you know when I was a kid, I thought the Quad Cities were uh, a make believe place because. It was in DC Comics, and he's like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, there was there was a there was a superhero called Wild Dog, and he was from the Quad Cities, and you know, I was used to Central City and Star City and Mars. Gotham yeah. and Metropolis, these fictional cities. So I reread that as an adult after we moved here, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is in the Quad Cities," and then I'm like reading through it, and I was like. That's the arsenal. That's like a real place. And I was like, Oh, it's really, really set there. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's one, there's a small community near here called bluegrass. At one point he drives his truck out to bluegrass. There's a part where they're on the, um, kind of like the old fashioned paddle boat, uh, in, in, on the Mississippi river that's in the comic. So yeah, a lot of that stuff that's in there are actual landmarks, maybe with the name slightly tweaked. Uh, like the Adler Theater, I'm pretty sure is in there. And that was where like Cary Grant was doing his last show before he passed away. So, I mean, it's like a historical landmark. But, uh, Terry is from close to here. Whereas Max, uh, I mean, he used to shop at the Books a Million I worked at. So there was, I always like to give myself credit for this. I don't think Max is, listens to the show, so I'm not super worried. And he, <laughs> if he does, if he does, he can quickly correct me and say I'm full of hogwash. But I remember, you you always think about, okay, somebody's famous. They come in. Do you say anything? Do you just treat them like a person? Uh, well, hopefully you're treating them like a person anyway. But you know, treat them normal. Because I figure when I meet somebody, there's not too much I can say they haven't heard. Right. Well, of course not. Yeah. Unless there's something specifically I want to get across to that person. You know, yeah. we we had Rob Zombie in the blockbuster I was at in Denver. I think he was on tour with Ozzy and he was buying all these movies uh, about like war. And in my head, I was like, who I should ask him if they're for Ozzy or if they're for him. But I was like, <laughs> I, just, I just kept to myself and just was polite. Yeah. Um, but the second or third time Max came in, I don't know why I get this bug in my butt because I'm I'm actually a pretty shy person who has been in customer and patron and uh, all sorts of basically public service my entire life. So I've learned to push through whatever shyness I have. But I got a bug in my butt that was kind of out of character for me. And I think I've been reading some of the mystery stuff. And I said to him, I said, where are y'all putting that back in print? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, well, we're not planning on bringing it back. You know, Terry's busy with whatever strip he's working on. I don't remember. if He's like Rex Morgan MD or something. He's doing one of the soapy strips that's been in the papers for, you know, 50, 60 years. And, um, and I was like, no, I don't – New ones would be cool, but when are you going to, like, reissue, like, in trades? Right. Like the old strips, you know? He's like, huh, I don't know. Well, I'll be darned if not a year from that discussion, they were coming out from the uh, hard case in trade. And and in my brain, 
I like to at least think, like, maybe it was already being discussed, but maybe my asking, like, showed that there was genuine interest out there for people to, like, to actually buy it, you know, because I'm I'm sure with people see Max, they're probably, like, asking about Mickey Spillane or they ask him about Road to Perdition, you know, stuff like normies, you non-comic people would ask him. You know, comic people, I think a lot of times... They might ask him about mystery or they might ask him about Batman, any number of things. But uh, he obviously it was, it was a question I don't think had been posed to him very many times because he didn't even answer it the way I had asked. Him. <laughs> so. Well, you know, and, and, but you had something specific like you wanted to say to him. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, I mean, it's all well and good. Like, you know, if there's somebody that you really like and, and, and you get the opportunity to say something to him, just say that you know you appreciate their work or you're right. a big fan of their there's nothing wrong with that but again no there's not it's it, you know it's stuff that they've heard a, a million times and isn't anything different you know whereas yeah. you had actually something that you wanted to know you yeah. know so that was that was kind of, that was pretty cool but in my head you know i wanted to ask him about wild dog probably because that's back to back to where we were at with the the whole thing about the quad cities uh i probably the first two times in my head i think this but i probably wanted to go like we sure love wild dog i didn't know that that was real when i was like hey. <laughs> you know or however old i was when that came out <laughs> probably like 12 or 13 actually yeah 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 but still you know i like i said i i just figured that all that stuff was made up i had no idea all that was real right yeah it was a very stan lee approach to a very small midwestern area you know, using actual landmarks and oh yeah, and real things. Like, I, I I I wouldn't have known if you didn't just say that. <laughs> right. Like, who would even come up with Bloodhaven? I mean, that's that's pretty wild. <laughs> I had to think of something that was even worse than Gotham. Yeah, at yeah. The time. It's yeah. Even worse shape than Gotham was. Yeah, I just I think that's such a funny name. It sounds like a little Germanic village. I'm like, oh yeah, for sure. Oh, my gosh. So I won't spoil it for you because I'm sure you'll want to watch the Blue Beetle uh, movie at some point. Are you a fan of streaming? We will watch it. Yes. There you go. Are you a fan of Jaime? I don't have a lot of experience with him. He's fine. I don't I don't have anything against him. And I've I've read um, a a good number of of his comics. And and I think that it's a um, good, different take on on Blue Beetle um, rather than just. I mean, honestly, as much as I like Ted Cord and and he was the Blue Beetle, he was Blue Beetle when I, you know, after Crisis and stuff like that, when I got into him, he's just really just another typical guy who, like, had money and had gadgets. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where Yeah, I do. Uh, he, he's, this, this Blue Beetle is different. He's a different. It's a different hero. So um, it, it's it's definitely a little bit more unique. Trying to explain him to Kristen yesterday, I actually, I think I did a better job than I initially gave myself credit for, especially considering Ditko's relationship to the Blue Beetle character. And I was like, basically, imagine Ted Cord is the Peter Parker and Jaime is the Miles Morales. That's the kind of relationship you have here. Where yeah, it a, that's, a, that's a good, that's a good analogy. Where it, and, and it ends up being kind of apt because I think some of the silliness and, you know, obviously the the web versus rope stuff. I mean, that comes from Ditko working on both of them. I think he's that. I think he's. Oh, wait, there's a new voice here. 
Yeah, it was a, it was a freaking nightmare, man. Oh, no. Skype, Michael, I know. welcome to Geek Brunch yeah. Retrocast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think there we ever go. even said what it was called. Oops. I, yeah. I, like, to, I like to think of uh, Jaime more related to, to Dan Garrett because Dan Garrett had the scarab. Sure. Yeah. But I, I I was just trying to get across to, to my wife, you know, kind of where what the relationship generational wise, like, do they have a direct hookup? I'm like, no, not really. They're totally two separate families, two separate individuals that end up crossing paths that, uh, you know, didn't really start with anything to do with each other. Yeah. One's an alien and one's not. <laughs> and I never thought of it, but you got the three blue beetles and they all have different genre types of origins. One, oh, they really like do. One's magic, then the other one non-powered gadget related, and then the last one sci-fi, you know, tech. Yep. Are you guys hearing me okay? Oh, yeah, you sound you. great. Okay, because my for some reason my disc is at 100%. <laughs> no, you sound fine, man. Yeah, no, All you sound right. good. Yeah, we were just talking about uh, we went to see the Blue Beetle yesterday and uh, how much the uh, family enjoyed it and just talking a little bit about uh talk about Iowa movies. Iowa movies, yeah, that's true. And uh, Man, Wild Dog. But anyway, when now, I think of a Colorado movie, there's only one that comes to mind, and that's The Shining. Oh, I got one. Uh, okay. Alien versus Predator. Uh, one of them happens in Colorado. I don't remember. I, I think it might be the second one. Oh, I don't remember that. One of them's got, like, a Lovecraftian thing where they're, like, down in the Antarctic. There's and, a lot of stuff that happened in Colorado because of the Space Command. I mean, hmm. a lot of the Clancy stuff. and Oh, and yeah. A... New Mexico, I don't think about any movies right away. I think just think about Breaking Bad. I've never Breaking seen Bad, Bad is the first thing that comes to mind, but there's a lot of stuff filmed there. You think of New Mexico, I'd probably think of X Files because didn't they do a lot about the Area Fifty One, like trying to yeah get, yeah Roswell. trying to get in there yeah well Roswell, New Mexico, that's kind of like this this the thing you go see is yeah it's the like, hub of the UFO enthusiasts. I've yeah. never been there, but I'd like to go to Roswell. I would I would like to go. I think it'd be cool then. Well, well, when you move to Albuquerque, we'll both be there, so and we can both. head head there together. And yeah, I can't be too far of a drive. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if y'all end up down there, let me know because I always joke that I'm going to retire to Arizona. But after this last heat wave they've had this summer, I'm like, Ugh, I don't know if I want to go down there or not. Yeah, maybe you you can end up in Albuquerque <laughs> with me and Rob. <laughs> See, you hey, might want to like Joe without getting too involved. In, in politics, because mm -hmm. that could often be a sensitive subject. But I know that, you know, you're a big uh, book proponent and stuff like that, and, and, and so on and so forth. The, 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 the environment, the political environment in New Mexico is much better than Arizona. Oh, oh yeah. You know. Two extremes. Yeah. Well, I'm, I, the, the political environment here these days with books ain't so great either. No, I know. Especially, it's especially, especially for a library, a library worker, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's yeah. it's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so long story short about Wild Dog, uh, Henry's, like, super interested, and he was really excited there was a superhero. And then you've got the dilemma that I'm sure both of you would get is, like, do I lend a 10-year-old 
what? my wild dogs or do I buy the app for him, which we don't have right now, or do I bite the bullet and spend whatever it was to get those now? I think they were actually kind of, for my mind, expensive. I think they were like six bucks an issue on my comic shop for like VGs, oh, which wow. I think Wild Dog was, you know, dollar bin stuff. Well, actually it was quarter bin back then, but dollar bin stuff 10 years ago when I probably finished the series. Isn't that still cheap? I mean, I didn't think it would be expensive. I think six bucks a pop is expensive for a VG book from the 80s, but I don't know. I, I And around here, you don't see them in the wild because they get picked up because he's a local person. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. you, you you would have – that's – and nobody well, can tell have, you either. It, it depends on the 10-year-old. It's, yeah. you, it's different, you know? I'm, you sound a little raspy, Rob. I do. Well, I don't know if if I'm just getting your feedback or I not... like it. Like his, yeah. I thought it was my connection, but now now that you mention it, I haven't it's, noticed it. It's, all, it's only on. when Rob talks. What, what do you guys hear? Uh, kind of like kind of like um, your mic is not plugged. Like if you were in a one of those ports. Yeah, you have to jiggle it a little. That wait, that sounded good. I moved my microphone. I wiggled the microphone a little. It, it's it's probably a couple millimeters farther from my from my mouth than it was before. Oh no, it's not your mouth. It sounds like it's a uh, whoa. What did I? What happened there? What? I don't know. Oh no, I just uh, I'm I'm still getting all kinds of pop ups because I was, my dip my disc was at a hundred percent. Oh, and now now things are starting to come up. That's good. Should I switch to the other one of the other ports? Yeah. Maybe. Okay. He's had pat problems with his mic before, where it's, oh, I, it's it, it just basically sounds like like there's like a. Yeah, I heard a little crack, bit, but crackling. I didn't. I don't even think I noticed it as much till you jumped on, and then now that you've said it, I was like, "Oh yeah," but I've been listening to it for like fifteen minutes, and I quit paying yeah. attention. Well, I can hear him; he's clear. Yeah, it's just uh, I have like this background static. Yeah. Do you hear me the same? Oh, or that's different? Be- no, that's better, a lot better. better. Okay, lot you know, better. It, it's it's it seems to be always the second port that I choose, no matter which one of them is the first. I wonder if that's what happens to me when I can't get on if I've got it in the wrong port. Well, but I can pick any like so next time I'll use what what you're saying sounds a lot better as as, yeah. as my first option, and then you'll you'll tell me that it's not that great, and I'll switch it back to the original one, and then that one will be okay. It's like it's always like the second one I plug it into. I, I don't I don't know why, but wow, whatever. You, I mean, as long as it's working you're out. clear as a bell now, though. Okay, that sounds good. good. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, do you lend a book to a kid? I'm leaning towards just getting the getting DC Unlimited again and Oh, I didn't oh. know you got you stopped it. Well, Kristen balked at the the price increase because it was up to 120 a year and I just haven't switched to month to month yet. Uh, you don't have to go ultra. Uh, yeah, you I, I know, but uh, I, the kiddos want the ultra when they have it because then they get really pissy because like, well, I can't read this one. I'm like, oh, God help so, me. I don't remember when it was. It was a few months ago now. I, I came across, it was like a crazy, it was 50% off, but it wasn't. Oh. Uh, uh, for the year. Do you ever like see, see that again? Hit me up. 
Okay. So yeah. I did the regular non-ultra for, sure. for whatever it was, 30, 35. Um, okay. So I've got that for a year. I've really been doing a lot a lot more of the Marvel um, Unlimited, but I did uh, read one today from um, whatever the DC app is called at this point. I, and, and that's why I haven't done it. I've been doing enough um, Marvel stuff and uh, – well, we don't have the program at the library anymore, but I have been doing a lot of the the manga one. So I I hadn't missed the DC one because like I, DC I was just reading in physical form and I wasn't at the point where like oh I really need to read fill in the blank and I don't have it because I yeah. Think the, I think the big thing for Ultra that that I like is the collected edition. Oh, me like, too. I mean that's that's even more better than being able to wait only one month mm-hmm. because you can just. You can download the omnibus and read the omnibus. That, I mean, that is a great option, especially even, if you're trying to even better. Collect- you don't even have to unwrap the one you bought. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then you know, twenty years later, you could, if you wanted, you could go, just go ahead and and sell it for I know tons of money because yeah. it's been open. <laughs> so you didn't like the Flash? I it couldn't was, believe this, that. This is just me, Mike. I'm not telling you. No, no, I'm not. It doesn't. It doesn't surprise me because no, I don't want to say. I, th- I think if you go to the movie you can't together, have enjoyed I, just, I just, I did not find it to be a good movie. Mm. I, I just did not. I don't know what they were going for from the initial before he even started moving, and he. I don't know if it was supposed to be funny. If it was not supposed to be funny, when he bent down and and did that really weird extravagant pose before he starts running. I don't know if that's supposed to be funny or not. I he did he did that in Justice League. That's how he took off. I oh, mean, okay. well, that's I, I nothing. Did, I didn't watch the I didn't watch the Justice League. Not what? either version. I I think I did watch that long version, but I don't I don't recall it. Oh, um, okay. I, I mean, I just thought it, it was absolutely ridiculous. If it, it was supposed to be funny, then no, it's okay, not supposed to be it funny. It's their it's their ridiculous. version of. Him taking uh, off in speed, and then when he's saving all the babies, I'm like, I don't know if this is supposed to be like a comedy or what. I think that was supposed to be funny. It yeah. it it was not hitting the mark for me, and me either. I found him to be absolutely ridiculous, especially his teenage self. Which okay, he's a teenager he's supposed to be, but he was laugh like his maniacal laugh that he would do. Uh, <sighs> Uh, everyone. Yeah, and I, I don't think I'm he's like, the greatest. Oh my God, he sounds like a Flash. He sounds they, like a, they, they they did a lot of cool things with Flashpoint. I thought that's and, that's, uh, that's that's what I would say. Like they yeah. they took the, a really complex Flashpoint story and just condensed it to like its bare bones. And then uh, the Keaton stuff was amazing. Keaton was yeah. great. You know what and, else uh, I liked, Mike? I like Supergirl. She was fantastic. I mean, I it was fine. Yep, she was fine. Um, you know what I did? I, I really did like, and because <clears throat> like I said, my wife fell asleep after the first <laughs> hour or so. Um, I was telling her the next morning, uh, you know, I'm like, so, you know, obviously at the end, you know, he, he, he realizes he, he can't, he can't do this. He needs to go back to, you know, and, and, and not change the, change the past. And, I said, and so then he he shows up and you know late to his dad's court um, hearing and stuff like that, and you see that he that you know that that he looks straight up at the camera getting the tomatoes, and and so you you know you 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 see that 
he moved all the tomatoes from the bottom shelf to the top shelf. I'm like, right. I thought that was super touching and that was really, really well done. Yeah. Um, I, I really thought that that was a nice little touch. So, so it wasn't just a real downer of an ending, right? I mean, otherwise right. it could have been a real downer. Of a, well, yeah, uh, it made, the, leave I your made mom, mom die. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, it was, uh, that was really, really touching. I thought that was, that was cool. Um, I, I don't know. I, I liked it, but I don't know exactly what they were trying to say at the very end when, when Bruce Wayne shows up and, you know, of course he's being obscured and then, you know, something's going to happen, but then, you know, it's finally revealed who, who Bruce Wayne is. I'm not sure why that happened or what that is supposed to mean for the rest of the, of going forward in the universe. But I thought that was very interesting. Um, but overall, I, yeah, I just did not. I, I did what not. did you think of the Nicholas Cage Superman? <laughs> oh, that was, I, I, I'm glad that he never ended up being super, Superman in a row. Oh my God. I think that would have, they had the Thanagarian spider in there too. Like if you've watched the documentary of that film. I know. Like I've actually <laughs> even heard the from like a Kevin spider. Smith's uh, stand-up. Because he doesn't yeah. really do his stand-ups per se, right? He just tells long stories. And yeah, that was one of, right? Well, Wasn't that one of the stories? The spider, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. spider in the Superman movie. <laughs> That's because the producer forced him to. He needed to have a spider. spider. And instead, (laughs) it fell through. And what was the next movie he directed, Mike? That producer. (laughs) I don't know. Wild Wild West. Oh, and he did have it. What did they have at the end? A giant spider. A giant spider. (laughs) Yeah, that was. He was getting his giant spider no matter what movie it ended up being in. Yeah, I, I I liked the Flash. I don't know why, but I I really liked it. I I thought it. I actually thought it was like a a good launching point for James Gunn's universe. I, I think I think they should have tied it more into that. Like, we came back and now we're here. Like, I think I think it would be except for two problems. A the Batman at the end is not practical, and that's obviously not going to be James Gunn's Batman. Right. Yeah. And B, it's a funny joke though. I love it. Yeah, and it's like it it. I like it, but I don't know yeah. what it means. But it, well, I, I, I it, like it. I thought that was cool. It's it very means cool. Is he still changed the? He still oh, changed yeah. it enough that no, things no, no. are screwed. And, 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 yeah. and yes, yes. Yeah. So it's still different. But just yeah. him making that one change still changed yeah. somehow yeah. changed all of the past. But yeah. why? Like, but I think that's what I meant from your point is that obviously that can't. Right, he, he's not going to be able to be the Batman, and he in, won't be the Flash either. I if we're yeah. honest with each other, he, he, I was happy that uh, Wonder Woman showed up too. Gal yeah. Gadot, like that, yeah. that surprised well, the hell out of me. Just, she's just wonderful. I will say, Rob, I was with you the first part of that movie. I was bouncing off of it so hard, and I was like, I "Oh my god, what have I gotten myself into?" The bit with the babies, the bit with the teenage version, the bit with the stupid roommates. And then we hit Bruce Wayne, and then we hit Kara, and then I get to see George Reeves, and I'm almost crying because I was <laughs> so happy that they did a nod to all the Superman, and that like that made it for me. Yeah, yeah. I got I got emotional during that movie, like just yeah, for all I different reasons. And like Batman '89 is like mm-hmm. it's in my soul. Like yeah. it's 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 a movie that it was such an impression. Mm-hmm on me thematically and and like i i just 
seeing people so excited about Batman, like I have never, I have never seen See, it like but that. To me, because I, I, I'm in agreement with with both of you, and and to me, that showcases the problem with the movie is everything was good except for the Flash. Yeah, and he's the, the name of the movie. I, I, I the had Flash. a problem with it. Like, oh, uh, I hate him. I cannot. Yeah, I, I didn't like him either. Oh, I, I, I don't. I don't mind him, but I didn't mind him in the Justice League either. So yeah. I was all right. I, I, I just feel I, like he's a clown. Putting, he's a fool. That's not what the Flash is to me. No, well, it's but definitely not what they, Barry Allen was. No. They, they, well, they try to. They try to make like a Justice League Unlimited Flash. Yeah, they because did. they. They don't know they don't know how to deal with the Wally Barry thing like in in, in film like right. cuz they're they're totally totally different characters and it's like if you go Barry don't he's so flat you, you mm-hmm. want like a personality more like Justice League Unlimited with kind of in Justice League Unlimited he's kind of like the guy that cracks jokes right. he's almost like a blue beetle he so, is. Yep. yeah, so it, 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 I, I can understand why people watching the film would, would come from the cartoons and they, they'd want to go in that direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Flash has had like a lot of TV. Like, <laughs> it, yeah. it, it's so interesting because they make that very, not funny, like the 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 CW, and they didn't make the original Flash TV show funny either. Funny either. Right. So I I don't know. I I I I sort of get it. Just like um, the Blue Beetle, like it it has one of my favorite things ever in life. Like they use it in a totally totally different way, and I was able to detach myself from it. <laughs> Like there, there were people tweeting me, well, you loved it, but what did you think about blah? And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, you know, I, I understand, and it, and it sort of fit, it, it sort of fit the plot and why why they did what they did, you know. Like I, I get it. I don't get angry because my character's not represented in the way that I would love for him to be represented. I I can understand. I don't begrudge anyone that enjoyed uh, the the Flash movie. It just wasn't. It just wasn't for me. I, I just yeah. But either was the Rocketeer, and that just breaks my heart. So I'm sorry. You know what? I wish they'd done because DC is the the pinnacle of uh, loose threads. If you're gonna have a loose thread that you're not gonna follow through with, I wish there'd been a Watchmen Easter egg. Oh yeah. <laughs> Cause oh. Oh, this they could have, they could have had, they, as, as he went back to, to change the, the past back, they could have had like the little like hint of Dr. Manhattan, like, exactly. messing around, messing around in there just like he did in the comic book. Yeah, you could have just had like two seconds of, like in the, uh, the, the Dr. Strange one where you see, uh, Deadpool for two seconds. You could have shown like them for like two seconds on the screen or yeah. like even have like in the button, he finds the button. Yeah, looks like what is this, and then go to black. Oh, you know? that would have been that would have been cool. 
It would have yeah, been a nice nod. That, that, in... that would have been cool for us, but... <laughs> but they never would have followed through with it anyway, never... Mike. Just like but Mr. Yeah, Grimes. I, I, get, I get that. So they could have put that there, and nobody would have got it, though. Like, nobody... <laughs> We would have heard would have. And, and my mom and, would be shouting, "What is that button there?" Like <laughs> she'd be calling me. What's that? What? What was that? that was <laughs> but comics are notorious for that. Like with Deathstroke, and which which one was that at the end of? Was that at uh, Justice League where Deathstroke pops up? Yeah, because they, they, they were for, they were for, no, it was Man of Steel, wasn't it? I don't no, remember. Uh, no, you're right. It was Batman versus Superman. Okay, well. And it, that pops up. My wife didn't know what that was. The worm pops up at the end of Shazam. Yeah. My wife didn't know what it was. I feel I feel like they've been doing that anyway. Oh yeah, yeah, that yeah. is true. It's I like, mean, you know, even even if you go back far enough, when you think about it, like way way far back, nobody knew who. Uh, unless you were a comics fan, you really didn't know who Iron Man was. If you can remember that far back, and. Um, at the end of which which movie was it that they had the the hammer just in the middle of Oklahoma? And it was a Hulk. Yeah, I don't. I think think it was Hulk, and it's like no, it wasn't Hulk because Hulk wasn't in the Marvel universe. Well, they were tying him. They were tying him in. I thought they were tying him in because they have like a. At the end of the one with uh, Ed Norton, I'm gonna look it up. Thor. They have, uh, they definitely tie it in because he either meets Tony Stark or Samuel Jackson at the bar. I can't remember which. At one. Ed, in the Ed Norton film. Yeah. I don't yeah. remember that. There's a there's a Easter, there's an extra scene at the end of uh, Hulk where he because they start working him into the MCU because he basically got licensed the way Spidey did from Sony. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm just trying. I, I'm there just was a trying lot of. I, I thought, but anyhow, I thought. I mean, I'm like, oh my god, that was amazing. But like, yeah. my wife, she didn't know what that meant. No, no. I, I well, you that. can throw throw somebody a bone. I mean, yeah. for sure. I mean, and I think that's all it would have been was throwing. <laughs> it was Iron Man too, by by the way. Iron yeah. Man. Yeah. Okay. Yep. There you go. Yeah, it wasn't the Hulk because the Hulk, the Hulk at that time was Universal. Like it wasn't. Because then that was the next movie after. Right, right, but but it fell into those. <laughs> it felt into legal speak. Be, like Marvel could use the Hulk because he was an as long Avenger. As it wasn't his own movie. He yeah. was he wasn't a first Avenger, just like uh, MCU used Quicksilver and so did Fox because mm-hmm. they were both Avengers. They were both X Men. So they could, <laughs> they're both they're they all could, mutants. Yeah. Yeah, well, they could use that, you know, like yep. that kind of stuff, and that's why we haven't seen like a a Hulk f- f- uh, film, you know, with our the Hulk that we know yet, because it's still, I think, tied up in. Okay, the so Hulk, the Hulk as itself is universal. It says Ross and Tony Stark meet in a dimly lit tavern. I knew it was something. Yeah, and that's at the very end of the 2008 Incredible Hulk. Wow, okay. See, that surprises yeah. me. Yeah, I knew there was an extra scene, and I just couldn't remember what it was. And that's so that's he, what he it was. meets with uh, Nick Fury. No, it was uh, it was uh, uh, Thunderbolt and uh, Tony Stark meet at the very end of it. Oh, so, yeah. So I knew it tied in somehow to like make it an official yeah, yeah. MCU movie because the first one is not the one that Ang Lee did. 
But the second one's supposed to the, with the abomination because now the abomination has appeared multiple times. He was in like uh, She Hulk and yeah. uh, what was the other thing? Shang Chi maybe. Was he in Shang Chi? I don't, I don't remember. I don't know. I guess I could say there was like a fight. <laughs> or There's so many now. <laughs> there, there was a fight club at the end of one of them, or in one of them. I think well, it was that was She Hulk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's he's he he's been tied in as well the Tim Roth abomination from that movie. So yeah. That, so has we've had like uh, and that Thunderbolt General Ross's Thunderbolt yeah. Ross. Yeah. Now we have uh, Harrison Ford. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah. So so uh, Rob, you didn't see Blue Beetle, right? Not no. I will wait for it to be on streaming. It was uh, good. I really liked it. Me too. I, I mean, you you don't you don't have to. You can say whatever you want. I don't care about spoilers. I thought um, it feels like home (laughs) because (laughs) I grew up like that, like in an Hispanic. Oh, I didn't know what you meant. (laughs) I didn't either, and that's when I was going to say, I was going to say, well, it was made for HBO Max, so it (laughs) it was supposed to be watched on a home television. No, no, it feels, it felt like, my families. That's just gotcha. Like even yeah. even just like quick shout outs with like the Vicks vapor rub. That's <laughs> that's so much like uh, all cure for <laughs> for for us. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it it was really good. I, I and uh, some people said that George Lopez was over the top, but I thought he was fantastic. I thought he was great. He was I thought I, I, I thought he like added like that extra spark to the movie, like to uh, just change the tempo on him. And, and yeah. like, he also had the comic stuff timing just right. And the over the top stuff, you know, like whether, when he's driving his truck and I don't know, I, I really liked that a lot. I Am I going to like it, Mike? Huh? Am I going to like the movie? I don't care. No, I, mean, <laughs> I don't care. I just want to know what you think. No, I, I don't know what to think. I mean, if I you, got a if question. you feel like uh, a Christmas Vacation and Rocketeer, I, I can't recommend anything to you. <laughs> Vibe-wise, I think the closest thing we've gotten in a superhero movie uh, – did you watch Miss Marvel, Rob? Uh-huh. Imagine Miss Marvel and Shazam – kind of vibe where it's very family orientated. It's much lower key and I think lower stakes in a way and kind of that family slash teen humor. I don't know. It's just really, especially with the kids, it worked really, really well. I the think. grandma. Oh, my oh yeah. God. Just like the grandma <laughs> in, in Miss Marvel where she's a flipping. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, like the the family is really important in it, just like in Shazam and in Miss Marvel. So I th- I think you'll like it, especially. I think knowing that too, I we will we'll make sure to watch it with the kids. Yeah, I think that that might. Um, well, I think the kids would like it. I think it, watching Miss Marvel with Jack made a huge difference for me because I might have like seen the bad CG and bounced, but he was really into it and. Uh, the teen stuff really spoke to him and I was really tripping off of the grandma and the dad. And I think, and, and same with this, the dad and mom are so sweet and the grandma and sister are so funny. And the uncle, well, I, I, I thought the sister was fantastic. Yeah. The sister is great. So. It, it, it was, it was sort of like the comic book, except they didn't have 
like the girl was kind of, in the comic book they're more teenager mm-hmm. in this one they're college right they're 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 in high school in the comic book and he has that like he has that buddy like Miles has that buddy you know yep. like and then he's got another girl that's also his friend that has the corrupted aunt but they twisted the plot a little bit with the aunt and made her sort of uh cord related so yeah, they Susan Sarandon looked good. I, I thought she was really young looking in this. I don't know yeah. if they put some CG stuff going on they there, could've. but I, I I thought she just looked like she she hadn't aged much, you know. Yeah. I think uh, this makes an argument that you can make a good, less expensive superhero movie. You don't have to spend all the money like they spend on Quantum Mania and give me a beautiful film that's boring. Um, yeah, you can you can spend less money and make a quality superhero movie. Yeah, unfortunately, it didn't do well, though. Um, I know. Yeah. At least I, it I didn't cost them as much I, to make. Well, so. it was like one hundred and ten million. So, yeah, they made, I don't know, forty three. And I think it's going to have a decent uh, second week. Well, four dollar uh, day is why I'm yeah, here today okay. is because yeah. we it was already sold out because uh, we were going to go today and it was sold out and we ended up going yesterday and paying more for it. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was good, though. I was very happy. Well, yeah, I was I, I had a ch- choice to, to go to the movies yesterday or work and I, I, yeah, I don't know work. why. Why did you do that? <laughs> well, see, Bar- Barb's out of town. So, like, I you know, but you could have gone to see the movie. I bet, well, Harley's not doing so well, so, I mean, she's, uh, she's doing much better. Last Sunday was, it looked bad. Like, it looked really bad. And then Barb had to go to Albuquerque to take care of her mom, so, I've been, is your mom okay? I'm, yeah, I've been getting her to eat, um, by cooking for her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now the joke was Barb would make better stuff than I did cuz I couldn't get her to eat, but then <laughs> eventually she, she seems like she's eating on her own terms now. Like I like I don't have to like bring it out and she eat right away. She just eats when she's hungry. So Yeah. I just uh she she's changing a little bit and her arthritis has gotten bad, but um she went for a long walk today. That's why I was worried. Like, am I going to get back in time? Because sometimes she'll park, like, like sit, and I can't lift her. Sure. So um, I, I I got back in time, but then I I had this white screen of Skype. Like, it wouldn't it wouldn't go past that. And then when I reboot this computer, it takes forever. I still have <laughs> a computer, and it literally takes like ten minutes. Yeah. To, to reboot. Once it goes there, and then and then my antivirus scan kicks off. That's why I'm at a hundred percent. So I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to get on. And I didn't know what Skype would do, but as soon as it the disc came down enough for it to launch, I, I could see you guys on Skype, and I was like, I'm just going to hit the button and see what happens. <laughs> I'm glad it worked. Yeah, it worked. Glad. but um, yeah, I'm sorry I was late. Oh, oh we're fine. We're happy to have you, though. We were, but, uh, chat, we were chatting away. Yeah, we were talking about uh, the wild dog. <laughs> How did that come up? Oh, well, we were uh, talking about Iowa. Yeah, talking about Iowa. And the, it was Iowa or Iowa. Yeah. So Music Man, Field of Dreams, Max Allen Collins, Wild Dog. That's kind of how it went. Ah. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
And I, th- I think, uh, in general, I'm going to do the, I think, the, the, I think we, I came down on the side of not spending 24 bucks on it. And I'm too, still too fussy with that, those comics. I did hand off some to Jack recently, but, uh, those were ones I'm willing to say goodbye to for forever. Um, I liked how they did Wild Dog in the Arrow series. I thought that was decent. Like, it was fun. When he first came out, he, he did look like Wild Dog. You know, you know how everybody morphs into like being characters without the mask and stuff. But when Wild Dog first premiered, he had that hockey jersey and, the guns and it's pretty cool. I, um, I, I got to the point I, and it's because I've been starting to be really tight friends with Bill on Twitter. Uh, do you know, Bill's five vinyl? He, he posts uh, a lot of like, yes, war. yes. Bill's five vinyl is in Denver. Like, I yeah. Think. yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Cause he, he shops at one of the stores I used to go to when I lived in Denver. What store but, um, is that? Uh, it's, is it like red and black or red and white or something like I that? Heard, I haven't heard of that one. Yeah. It's a good used store. Um, don't try to sell anything there and you won't get crap for it. But, um, these days you don't get crap for anything. I almost at any store, but, uh, they had good prices. They had comics, a lot of trades, a lot of manga, a lot of old paperbacks, kind of like my, fir- my perfect kind of place to shop. But, um, he, you know, he's been getting rid of stuff and his point was, you know, he's kind of getting older and, does he really need some of this stuff on down the line? He's given me a ton of like shadow comics and, and other stuff. And I was thinking about that now that I have almost all the X-Men essentials. Now I was like, you know, Jack is at an age where I would rather him discover this stuff and it become important to him. So like I, I gave him all my classic X-Men except for the very first one. And one of the ones with like a Mignola cover that I just didn't want to part with. Because I'm like, you know, it can sit in my basement. I'm not going to reread those. If I'm going to read these at this point, I'm going to pull off the trades or I'm going to read it on the app. And uh, I was just like, you know, he'll get more enjoyment out of this now. And so I gave him that. And same thing, uh, he really likes Saga. And I know probably I'm a bad parent for letting him read Saga, but (laughs) he'd already read it from the library. Talk talk about talk about something that 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 would be banned from the library. <laughs> right. But I, same thing. I'm I, like, I, I, I probably will never read these, so I gave them to him. So I was what? watching rated R movies in middle school. Well, he's in he's in high school, but uh, he read those I think in middle school. Uh, and yeah, it was just one of those. I, I think don't my first I, I naughty magazine was middle this. school, like. We used to hide <laughs> nasty magazines at the, at the ditch. <laughs> I'd buy that. I think that's probably when I remember seeing Playboys or something the first time. Yeah. It been like late elementary, early middle school. Oh, yeah, in the woods for us. Yeah, yeah. it was it was sort of I, the woods. There were trees I, I, yeah. and there was like this whole ditch for farming. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, I remember we, reading we, Watchmen in sixth in the grade. Weeds. <laughs> we had our <laughs> porn stash just like in the weeds, buried. <laughs> So it's like you got to give cre- kids credit, I believe, credit and trust yeah, early so. because they're exposed to it way before you can want to expose them as a parent, in right. my opinion. Not well, being in a not being a parent is, is I can't really say, but I, I just know what I was exposed to and how everybody at my age was exposed to it. 
I think in general what I have done with the kids, and I'm I'm no perfect parent. I have all sorts of problems with my children. They're not perfect. I'm not perfect. But what I have done when it comes to exposure, A, I, I gauge what they can handle. Like Sophie got freaked out by Beetlejuice, so we're not going to watch Friday the 13th with her. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, like, we were talking about uh, a movie we're going to go see, a friend of mine at work, and I'm like – you know what? Jack can watch that, but I don't want to be in the room with him because <laughs> it's one that has it's an anime that has a fairly graphic rape scene in it. And I don't mind violent stuff with him, but sex stuff, I don't want to watch with him. Yeah. And, and like Henry, I don't mind. He, uh, I always joke that Jack ruined him early because he watched some really violent animes that I probably would have waited a little while for him to watch. But because he has older siblings, he's already seen a lot of stuff by 10 that, like, I straight up don't want you to really want to watch sex stuff around him, period, until he's older and got questions and understanding and the violent stuff and anything that's inflammatory. My thought is, like, okay. You talk to him afterwards, like, okay, so it's obvious, like, if you watch something from the 80s that's, let's say, gross towards people of color or people of other nationalities, you would say, okay, we don't actually treat people like that anymore. You get that. This is people that, how they acted in, like, 1975 or something. So I think as long as you talk to kids about stuff, I think you can expose them to stuff that quote-unquote, may not be ready for him, you know, per society. Well, I'm still, I still find it awkward to see bad, nasty scenes with my parents. Oh, that's so, my point. Like, like yeah. a, I don't know, it's just something that you don't do. Like, we're in the middle of a theater and something about Mary, and my mom's screaming, what is that stuff on his ear? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> my dad, my dad moves over. He goes, it's come, Betty. <laughs> like, everybody can hear this loud. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Say, that that almost exactly happened to me because we were watching it on, on Fox TV. It was like the Fox Saturday night movie. And that scene comes on, and uh, 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 my dad's like, what is that? And my mom's like, I believe it's sperm. And I'm like, I'm out. And I literally dipped. I left the room. Don't say anything. You just get up and leave the room. Yeah, I'm just like it's I'm just out. so it's so awkward when I'm it's like your I can't parents. do this. <laughs> it's so awkward. Yeah. So so yeah, I'm like Jack can watch like all the kung fu and horror movies for the most part with me, but like when it's like sexy stuff, I'm like I'll let you watch that on your own, and, and buddy. You know why that is? Because hmm. because we're Americans, Joe. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, well, we even, all even, have a lot more problem with. With um, you know things of a sexual nature than we are with extreme violence. Well, you know, I'll even watch some stuff where, if it is, like, think about um, perfect example. Okay, if you've seen Slumber Party Massacre, right? Yeah. Okay, that has got some of the most gratuitous opening naked scenes ever. That's fine. I don't care if they, it makes me a little uncomfortable, but whatever. Yeah. But when it actually comes to getting getting down to business, right? And like and like people moaning and enjoying themselves, <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to be in the room. 
Same. Hey, I, I haven't had to witness. I haven't done that yet because them. they are young. But I'm I'm the same way. That's exactly yeah. how I will be. Yeah. Uh, don't watch Piranha 3D. You said. Yeah. Don't watch Piranha 3D with. God, them. I love I love Piranha, the Piranha. I watched it not that long ago uh, on the treadmill, and dang, that's a fun movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the Piranha. Is that the one with Jason Bateman and the Karate Kid girl, or no? The, this the I, this is the original, original one. Yeah, the yeah. original one. Yeah, that was a hoot. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know what it is. It's it's like nudity. I don't care. Sex. I'm out. Yeah, so, I mean, I know. think I I feel exactly the same way, and and I'm uncomfortable if I'm watching it with my parents, Mike. I'm I'd be uncomfortable. If if my kids were watching it with us, um, yeah. Either way, yeah. Even even the one joke uh, in Blue Beetle yesterday, where uh, the the scarab goes like, "There is blood rushing to your midsection." I'm just like, uh, "Don't ask, please, don't ask why, don't ask why." Because I mean, he, <laughs> he's ten, and I'm like, I don't want to have this conversation. <laughs> but like I say, they 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 really liked it, so. They, I, cool. they were so ha- happy coming out of it that it made me probably add a point and a half to the movie. I, I think I came out thinking it was like in the eight-ish range, and I probably left thinking it was closer to a, a nine because they, they got so much from it. We'll definitely watch it with the kids when it comes on streaming, then, for yeah. sure. Yeah, we I probably should that. start co- covering some comics. Oh, geez. Yeah. I've got, like, let's see. Ten comics to cover. Stop. Oh my God. You do not. I do, but I'm going to cover seven all at the same time. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, do you want to go first then so you can get a few knocked out? Uh, well, I'll just do one real quick. Okay. Because it is going to be real quick. Um, I I read um, Arion number one from whatever, that 82, I think it is. Yeah. Copperberg. Yep, Paul Kupperberg and Jan, I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name. Durzma or something like that? Uh, I always think of, uh, is it a he or a she, do you know? It actually, I've always assumed it was a, a man, but it is a woman because in the letters column, because they didn't have any letters yet, Paul Kupperberg um, did a extended um, essay or whatever, Just and it, it, it's a woman. I always I always think of them as a dark horse artist because I know they did a ton of uh, or she did a ton of uh, Star Wars and she did I think almost the entirety of the Buffy Joss Whedon stuff so mm-hmm. yeah anyway so I'll shut up now no 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 you're fine um so I, I I was reading it yesterday I'm like I I tried to read it a long time ago it was just very dense and I think I I didn't have the time to read it before a uh, a show so I'm like okay I'll read it. Sat outside. I'm like, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to read this. Had no idea what was going on the, the entire time. Um, it starts off right away. Arian is apparently in an astral form, and he's 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 fighting this basically like huge embodiment of a star that looks like a woman, saying that that's his his mother. So like a star mother. Um, in the meantime. Um, I learned that his physical body is being possessed by like some evil mage <clears throat> and one of his allies named wind is, is fighting this, um, this form. Uh, he ends up uh, successfully defeating and it actually cuts 
Ariane's body across the, the the stomach and the the soul of this um of this evil mage uh leaves his body. Um in the meantime, um Ariane's mentor um comes to him and, and, and together they're able to push back this star mother and, and he's eventually able to re-inhabit his wounded but not yet dead body. Um, they get, uh, they're able to, to heal him. His mentor heals him enough. And then meanwhile, we see, uh, this is, this is going on throughout the entire, um, comic. And then the very, very end, um, we, we cut to, to Atlantis and, the city itself, the land itself is in trouble. There's all this encroaching ice and um, climate change. And the king uh, really has no power to uh, <clears throat> to do anything about it. He needs his, his mages and their AWOL. And just as he laments this, um, Arian and his mentor uh, return. So, okay, they're back and, and they're going to, um, you know, presumably they're going to take care of business. Finally, in the in the letters uh, column, uh, like I said, Paul Kupperberg, um writes extensively about Ariane, and I learned why I didn't know what the hell was going on, is because he was a, it was a backup in Warlord for several um, issues. I think like seven issues. Okay. Um, so they did not kind of get you up to speed at the beginning of this issue number one. They literally threw you right in from what happened at the tail end of Warlord number 62 in the backup. So whatever was happening in those seven backups led directly into this with no preamble. And that's why I was, I, I was just totally, totally Kind of like uh, Iron Man number one. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, I had no it, idea. It continues right I, off of Tales on. of Suspense, so you don't it, know, like, what what is happening. I think right Warlord was launching a bunch of stuff at that point, too, wasn't it? Like Conquerors of Barren Earth. Yeah, and Eric, Eric, yeah. Eric came out of that. Yeah, they were doing the backup trials in that one. So at least, so by the end, like, because I did read, I read the, his whole, um, his whole thing at the end, and, and I'm like, okay, good. I'm like, I, I really, like, like, I've, obviously, I feel like I really, really missed out, like, what was going on, and then at the end, it was kind of explained, I'm like, okay, I'm not crazy, it literally Sometimes it's important down. to read the letters pages. Yeah. What'd you say? Sometimes it's important to read that yeah. back and, matter, and, because... And I should have read the back matter first, actually, before I, and then I would have been like, okay, I'm not, I'm not supposed to know what's going on because i really kept expecting like those little editors asterisk saying you know see such and such or whatever there was yeah. not there's not one asterisk so um so that explained a lot as to why um i wasn't understanding but it, it kind of um he talked a lot about how he had these ideas about this type of thing and stuff like that and in at first you know they it was actually Jan that came up with the name Ariane because they were going to call him Altan. And that, they really weren't in love with Altan, but they didn't have um, any type of alternative to it. So right up until before it was going to be published, it was going to be Altan. Um, and then she came up with Ariane and uh, it was the, uh, it was, uh, it was the editor of um, the, the series of the Warlord series um, that said, well, you know, maybe could you, could the city be Atlantis? And like, it kind of like fit a missing part that like you didn't quite have. Um, 
like kind of cemented his, all of the ideas and everything else. So, yeah, it's, it sounded like it was um, it was just meant to be. Like that that collaboration was meant to be, and and really um, locked everything in place for him, uh, for Paul Kupperberry, That is, and in in getting this kind of a the ideas flowing and. And like I said, it was very successful at the back end of uh, Warlord, uh, so much so that, you know, it got its own series and popped you right down in the middle of it. And, and you know, I mean, it didn't last terrifically long uh, when you consider back in the 80s, but, you know, it, it did last, what, like three years, I think, three or four years. Yeah. Um, like, you know, <laughs> obviously if that would happen now, you would say, oh, wow, yeah, it, it, they got to tell their whole story back, um, but you know, uh, back then it wasn't a, a huge. Um, you know, it didn't last a huge amount of time, but you know, they told their story. Uh, but yeah, again, I was I was pretty lo- much lost. So uh, if I if I reread because I, I do want to read read all of Warlord at some point, so I'll be reading those um, back issues. Maybe it will make a little bit more sense for me. Um, the other one I want to, I think I want to get into and actually go and find and, and just read the whole thing because I, I just remember it coming out at the same time and also, um, always, they're always in those 50 cent dollar bins is Eric. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think I have one random issue of Eric that I pulled up at some, you know, I just bought at some point on this. I movie. usually like it better than Arian, the ones I've read. Yeah. Yeah, it does look Same. interesting. So, so I, I think I'd like to um, dip my toe into that one, and that one uh, was a little bit more successful. It lasted 50 issues. Oh, and yeah. I loved uh, – what was her name? Was it Valda? She spun out of it at some point. She was like the knight that traveled with Eric. She was oh, okay. See, yeah, I just don't know. I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Um, Eric well, basically, he's like a Native in, American in that up, uh, over in Europe or something, if I remember the story right. Because uh, he he goes to Europe and maybe with Vikings that pick him yeah, up. Yeah, that's what it says. Taken in by the Vikings. Yeah, and uh, he ends up kind of having like European medieval fantasy type. Yeah, adventures. yeah, it's fun stuff. It's Roy it's, Thomas, I think. Um, it's Roy Thomas, and yeah. and and like I said, it's interesting that it also started in in Warlord. Warlord. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh. they that I think they did that. Even Omac maybe was in a Warlord backup at one point. Commandy, Commandy, that's what it was. Commandy yeah, it was. was I thought it was yeah. some, one of the, one of the Kirby ones. Yeah, they were mm-hmm. trying all sorts of stuff as Warlord because apparently it was one of the genre magazines that was actually really doing well for them. Um, while a lot of them were starting to you know lose numbers, like uh, all the our beloved uh, westerns and and uh, yeah. war books, it was doing well. So they would try to they would experiment in the back of it to see. Uh, what would work? Yeah, so. trying to get get some more uh, heat yep. on different projects. Yeah, that's that's interesting. And and I have almost a full run now of Warlord. I think I'm missing maybe like two or three <laughs> issues. Um, but that's one I do. Oh, you know what? They did have an OMAC of uh, a backup of OMAC. Okay. Like, yeah, okay. OMAC version of OMAC. OMAC backup number thirty-seven. Yeah. Of Warlord. So they probably dug it Looks out. Looks like the... that was the first backup. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah, and then and then it went to Iraq in in issue forty eight. Yeah, and like you said, it just kept going from the Dragon Sword, like one after the other. They just kept on pumping out backups. 
that Conqueror is a Baron Earth that Ron Randall did is a pretty good one. And if if you like it in the Warlord, it's an easy investment. I think it's like four issues. Yeah, that's four. But, and that's that's one that it's easy once you've read the Warlord issues, you just boop and you, you're done. And it's it's a good little series. It, that backup lasted a long time in Warlord. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So um yeah, they definitely took advantage of, of popularity of Warlord to push out a lot try a lot of other things. <laughs> I like that our database has in, in notes it will it will give you an indication when TM Maple had a letter in the letters column. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think I think the the fact that they're doing letters columns in the newer digital uh, releases of the books is good because you know in, if you if you had uh, Marvel Unlimited early on they would just be the the comics only but now a lot of times they're putting the letters pages in there. I think that's, that's nice. the, Really cool thing that they're doing that. Yeah. Because that was, you know, something you missed out on. I can go. Okay. Uh, speaking of Blue Beetle, I didn't have a whole lot of uh, experience with Jaime. I think the first time I really ran into him was one of the big crossovers, I, like 52 or one of those. Because um, when they killed off Ted in Countdown to Infinite Crisis, I believe. And uh, that's still one of those deaths in comics I still get emotional and angry about because I was I was a big I was big into Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle came into the DC universe in my sweet spot in that Who's Who Crisis 50th anniversary era. So I was like, okay, I'm on ground floor. So I was a huge Ted Cord fan, and then you know I read the series, and then he ends up with Justice League and all the fun he had with Booster. So when, when they murdered him, I was pretty upset. And I, and it's kind of like, I think about you, Rob and new 52, when uh, Jaime came out, I'm like, Nope, my blue beetle, (laughs) my blue beetle is Ted. I'm not interested. Uh So I didn't really give him a chance. So this is a kind of my first real experience with him outside of when he'd pop up in a crossover and uh, the kids would watch him on uh, brave and the bold. And I'd be like, that's, that's that's nice. They at least mentioned the other beetle existed, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I kind of had an attitude about it. Um, in DCBS, they do this thing now where they'll send out a mailer, and it'll now that there's like three plus distribution avenues, we get these newsletters from DCBS telling us like, okay, you might have missed it because it wasn't in previews, and it'll be like that detective chimp trade me and you, I think it talked about Rob and mm-hmm. it'll, it'll be like the universal monsters and transformers and basically anything yeah. from sky, skybound. And I'll be yeah. like, Oh crap, I better jump on it. And I'll, I'll get those ordered. Well, one of the ones in it a few uh, months ago and I got in was the blue beetle special edition. And I was like, okay, I'm going to bite. I'm going to read how uh, Keith Giffen created the new blue beetle. And so what I've got is a reprint of uh, the first issue of Blue Beetle, and um, I guess this counts as 11 years old or older because the, the story's that old even if the comic isn't. Um, but anyway, you open well, which, up. Which start, volume of Blue Beetle is this one? Do you, do you know? Let's see if it says. i got to find out where What's the, the cover look like? Uh, Blue Beetle Special Edition reprint of Blue Beetle number one, copyright 2006 DC Comics. So this one, gotcha. yeah, so, yeah. So this just came out, uh, but like I say, it's a reprint of yeah. the uh, 
of the original from 2006. Looks like it. I'm guessing a new cover. Yeah, Keith it, Giffen and Cully Hamner, right? Yep. So you see uh, an explosion after something comes zipping into the atmosphere and then something crawls out of their, this huge crater and it is the new Blue Beetle. And it's, uh, see, John Rogers, Keith Giffen, Cully Hamner. So the first thing you see is Guy Gardner and he starts attacking them. He's like, what are you? And Guy's being a dick and he just keeps hitting him time after time. And I don't think... Uh, Jaime really knows what's going on yet, so he, things start popping out of his arms. He's like, cool, and he builds like a giant shield, and he's protecting himself from from a guy, and then we get a flashback, and it's... So you were talking about this earlier, Mike. I don't know all these kids, because this is my first time reading it, and I, I this is my only experience. So the one guy's a friend. The blonde girl is just... Is she just a friend as well? Yeah, they're they're friends that have grown up together. Yeah. Okay. So they're just basically walking on their way from school and uh they like kind of like play fighting and Jaime just stumbles across this uh scarab that's buried in some dirt, I guess like maybe in a construction area or something. There's like a fence around. And uh the girl's like, That's gross and then the kid starts making fun of her for being scared of the bug and they pretty much ignore it and he He's just looking at it, and we go back to Guy. Guy's being a dick still, and um, I don't know if they really explain why Guy is so pissed off, other than he just sees, like, someone he doesn't recognize, and he's attacking him. So, um... They're, um... You know how his first appearance is in, like, Final Crisis, or... Oh, okay. See, that's what I couldn't remember. And so this is leading uh, out from that. those Those aliens... Mm-hmm. are enemies to Green Lantern. Oh, okay. Well, that makes more sense now. So, a matter of fact, if you looked at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. you see the 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 ship with bright green light, that's right. supposedly Green Lantern light. Oh, nice. oh cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So, he's still fighting guy, then they get back. He's at home, and this little bit's funny, and uh the sister's complaining that she can't figure out the remote. And he's like, look at the back of the remote. And she's like, it's the cable remote. And he's like, read the back. She flips it over and says, I'm not the cable remote. I am the TV remote and you are a moron. (laughs) So she's like, (laughs) it's pretty rude, but funny. (laughs) I could see a kid doing that every time. Like, that's not been working. And it's because they're using the wrong remote. Uh, So he's got a good relationship with his little sister. Uh, Mom gets home. And uh, she says, thanks for babysitting the kiddo. And basically, he's like, I got to go see dad. So are are the parents separated or he's just working so much he's never home? Because I couldn't quite tell. Do you remember? I don't I don't remember. I don't remember either. Well, the, the gist of it's not super clear, uh, but because it's basically like mom and dad either aren't getting along or dad's just never at home or they're separated or something. So he gets there and he's talking to dad and dad's telling me, you know, it's really important that you do homework because otherwise you're going to be doing this job with me. And he's like, what's wrong with doing this job with you? And it's one of those kind of classic, you know, I want you to have a better life than what I've had growing up. We're back to a guy. Kind of, kind of like the movie. Because yeah, most definitely. His, his father worked himself to death all the yeah. time. 
Yep. And they basically this auto shop the dad apparently just lives at. So yeah. he never makes it home. And that's why I wasn't sure if they were intimating he was separated because he's like, I'm going to see dad. And she's like, ugh, fine. Well, in the movie, he owned an auto shop, too. Yeah. That's when he came back from college and it was it was gone. Oh, man. I didn't want to spoil it. We'll have to talk more about it when Rob's. Oh, sure, you can talk about it. No, it's fine. We'll talk about the issue. Uh, so, yeah, he's talking to he's talking to the kid. He's shooting him with uh, some kind of. It looks yellow to me, but I think you guys know I'm colorblind, so it's probably actually green. But uh, I'm like, why the hell is he making a yellow construct? But it's I'm sh- I'm sure it's green. Anyway, uh, his mask disappears and. Gardner's freaked out. He's like, I don't hurt kids. Uh, Booster told me there was a new beetle. I just didn't believe it. And he's like, you know, I'm not a killer. Guy Gardner ain't no killer. I don't know what to do with you, but I'm not going to hurt a kid. I'll be back. So he, he flies off. And of course, Tommy's like, I just bought a green lantern. Cool. <laughs> um, then the scarab all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, starts to come off. Uh, the suit starts to come off. And it's kind of gross. Like, in the movie, it's, like, embedded in his back. And in this version, it literally, like, crawls into his skin. Like, it cuts a big pocket in his back and, like, crawls underneath his skin. Jeez. Yeah, it's kind of disgusting. I don't know. Ever since, like, uh, Star Trek Two with the, <laughs> yes! the, bug, the bugs going in the ear, I have I a problem with that. I don't about you, but I, it, it probably was our ages, right? Yeah. Especially, I mean, assuming you saw it when it came out. I did. Yeah, yeah. That that thing disturbed me for I mean, to this day. And yeah, like, it, that is the thing that bugged me from the entire movie. It was like so. Oh, and that's how I feel about this. I don't mind it in the movie where it kind of clamps down into his back, but this it has it burrowing into him, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I don't like that, man. Um, so uh, he gets back home and he steps. Uh, so this is a flashback, actually. He gets back home. Uh, why am I saying he gets back home? He's flashing back to when he was at home, and he steps on the beetle. He's like, oh, I should have left you where I found you. And we get some ads for Night Terrors Zatanna. Is anybody reading Night Terrors? No. I guess. Yes. I will read it, but but when it comes out on the app. That's good. Yes. It's I, already on the app. Some I of kind it of, is, yeah. I'm, I'm going to wait for it to be done, and then I'll just read the whole thing. I don't I know. If remember, you, I don't have Ultra, so. The Zatanna ones are good. Okay. Well, I like Doom Patrol, so it makes me want to pick it up. Um, well, it's, it, it has Robot Man in it. Yeah. Um, and it mentions Doom Patrol, but it's it, it's a good. It, it's good how they tie they 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 tie in like four characters into the Zatanna thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's pretty good selection of characters. I really like the. Uh, <laughs> I only read three because uh, I was like, I'm not going all in. Um. I don't remember if it was iFanboy or CGS. One of the shows I used to listen to, uh, there was a guy on there who was like, if it's a dream, I'm out. And that's kind of <laughs> kind of how I feel. It's like, it's a dream. I don't know if I'm going to be as invested in it. So I've only read Superman. It's not, it's not really a dream. I know. It's like a different it, it reality. It has to do with Dr. Destiny's Destiny. kind of yeah. his – somebody else has that other stone. I, I read. I don't know if it was issue number one or if there. I don't remember. I read it digitally. It was either issue one of the main one or if there was a mm-hmm. prelude to it. I don't remember if there was a. Yeah, prelude. the prelude. It, it's either the prelude or issue one that 
sort of describes like you know Doctor Destiny's like running for his life and he's heading yeah. to the Justice League. Yeah, that's uh, kind of what uh, I read. I didn't feel like that was it was really strong, but that's that's the only thing that I've read. So I don't know if it's gotten gets better from there. Well, like I say, I've read three. The Poison Ivy one I thought was pretty good. The Shazam one I liked a lot. And the Superman one, I've only read the first issue. So For me, the top ones were um, Flash, Green Lantern, and Zatanna. Okay. Those well, I've, favorite. The Green Lantern one's intriguing me, so I don't have to Green Lanterns was surprisingly good. Like, it, it just... It's visually awesome too. Like mm. it just is so good. I That's liked it a lot. Yeah, I'll be reading. I'll actually, good. I'll read the entire all of them um, at some point as soon as you I just binge it. Yeah, I want yeah. you know as soon as I know that they're all out on the regular format of uh, of uh, digitally, then yeah, I'm gonna do the whole. Just read the whole thing. So back to his house. TV's on. He falls asleep. Uh, and he's doing that pet peeve of mine where somebody's got their feet out from under the, the sheet. I'm like, who the frick sleeps with their feet out? That's how the monsters get in. Did people not teach these kids? When they did that in The Conjuring, I'm like, cover your freaking feet. No wonder the witch is grabbing your ankles. You definitely don't do that in a horror movie. Come on. Right? Jesus. So um, so he's got his feet out of the sheet, which pissed me off. And the next thing you know, the Beatles, the scarab is coming to life. And uh, he's waking up and he's talking in another language. And he's like, what am I saying? He looks at his hand and there's uh, some kind of script on his hand that he doesn't understand. And he's telling his friend the next morning about it. And she's like, maybe it was Klingon. He's like, it wasn't Klingon. I don't speak Klingon. I never learned to speak Klingon. You hear it? And she's like, you got a lot of geek. Maybe it's your, your geek instinct coming out. And he's like, I don't know. It's pretty weird. She's like, just let it go. It's a dream. And then she does the classic, I'm walking here. And they're on their way to school. And they see this woman and she has on glasses and a lot of tattoos and she's like oh you're one of us but it definitely doesn't know yet and he's like uh what oh look there's two in there my my and what's this one compensating for and i mean it's really creepy for just a stranger to just start talking to him and these are like teenagers in this version this is obviously an adult woman and he's like guys help me out here what's going on and he sees her and because of the scarab He's seeing like a triplicate version of her. And uh, there's also that script kind of running down his side, almost like you see when they do it in Iron Man in the ECU where there's like something in his vision. And she's like, oh, just like that. We've got it. We see you and you see us. We know you now soon enough for you. And he's like, oh, you can't call me that. And she says soon enough. And she pulls down her glasses and there's no eyeballs, which, you know, when people do that, it has always creeped me out. I mean, people should have eyes. Right. It may not work, but they should have eyes. Um, so he's freaked out. He's like, just forget it. And then we get back to where he's buck naked in the desert after having fought guy. He's like, I don't know how this magic armor works, but uh, can you please come out and get me back home? And he goes, uh, people are going to hate me. Superheroes are trying to kill me, but I'm the blue beetle. And that's the end of the issue. So. Uh-huh. I think, funnily enough, sounds like with your Arion, there was a little bit that had me kind of lost. I mean, I knew enough about Guy to know that he's kind of a antagonistic person, but I could not figure out why in the world he was being so antagonistic. But that makes sense if this is a straight lead out of, what'd you say, Final Crisis. It's, it's, that, I'm, I'm looking it up now. It's Infinite Crisis. Okay. Number three is Jamie Ray's first appearance. 
And okay. number five is his first appearance as Blue Beetle. Well, there you go. It probably came out between those issues or something. And uh, it, it makes sense now that, you know, it was so tied in probably. Uh, and I'm sure there was a big fanfare with the launch. And I was <clears throat> that was in my era where I was picking up event books and not much else. Uh, yeah. so, uh, I, I probably just missed out on grabbing it. And like I said, I was so mad they killed, uh, Ted that I don't know that I, I gave him the time of day for. I was looking. I didn't buy this volume now. at all either, where I did buy then the next volume and the volume after that. So I don't know if initially I was angry. To yeah. <laughs> it just wasn't something that was on my radar. I don't know. But then when, uh, the new 52 series came out, I bought that full run and then. Uh, the series after that that came out, I bought that as well, but I didn't buy the one that you just uh, you just reviewed. So I would say uh, this predating Miles Morales really does have a Miles Morales vibe, which is unfair for me to say because it came first. But it it very much is you're taking a hero that's been around for a really long time and making a total modern update on it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think they did a really good job, and they did a good job uh, building the family life, having the friends were really important to it. Because, I, I mean, half the issue was focusing on family and friends. And I think anytime a hero has got uh, a lot of good side characters, that's always beneficial. Cause I, 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 always, I agree. My favorite Superman stories almost always are going to involve uh, – either Ma and Pa or Lois or, or some iteration of someone he works with, Jimmy, Perry, something. And uh, they just they did a good job setting the the page. And the only thing I lacked was the little bit of background to know why the hell guy was freaking out. So I, I feel like in a lot of um, modern comics, the, a lar- the, those large, sprawling, supporting casts, it just doesn't happen as yeah. much anymore. Either. I don't think it does it's either. probably the style of, of of, of storytelling where, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, it, you really don't get a lot of depth or compression, you know, with, with these or decompression or right. I don't know which way I'm trying to say, but anyhow, like you think about like Spider-Man is like, you know, I mean, his cast is, is absolutely huge. And I think that that was one of the selling points back in the, in the old days with him. He had so many different, Supporting characters that weren't fellow heroes, you know, they were just friends, right. romances, relatives, stuff like that. It's cool. I think uh, maybe part of that, I think someone who is good for that, and he's the one who gave us Miles and his mom and, and his friends is, is Brian Michael Bendis, because he, and, you know, that's been a critique of him, that he was always more talking head than action orientated. Mm-hmm. But um, I think he's one of those authors who has. But I, maybe that's why it's because the stories are decompressed. They only have so much time to tell stories. They're throwing it straight into the action. And that's been kind of my critique of this new Avengers launch is I like Jed McKay in general. But this this new one, it just feels like we're thrown into this story and I don't care. It's just fighty fight. And I don't know why or why I'm supposed to give a darn. Yeah. So I think it's a fine balance. You got to give me why are we why do we care? What is what is why does Thor need to care about other people? What are his stakes? And I think the best heroes have got that stuff, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. 
Mr. Yeah, Myers. This is, a, this is an underrated uh, time in DC because the sales were so crappy um, yeah. pre-52. But man, they were they were hitting on all cylinders yeah. before New 52 hit in terms of storytelling. They were really doing some good stuff. Did you guys um, watch the three-part <laughs> documentary on, on HBO Max? Not I just, yet. I just saw the ad for it in a comic I was reading this week, so it's on my radar, but I haven't watched it's, it yet. It's, I thought it was... I thought it was very good. I, I watched all all three episodes, and and all three episodes are almost just about an hour, okay. hour long, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly. But yeah, I mean, and 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 it was it was pretty well done. And and like when DC would falter, mm-hmm. they, you know, you sometimes wonder, and they they really did. That they said, oh, you know, DC became out of touch at a certain point when Marvel, you know, in the, in the '60s when Marvel started. Uh, you know, talk about like, you know, what was going on in the real world with, you know, the protest movement and, you know, with Vietnam and stuff like that, or even civil rights. And, and you know, they they would address that stuff. They addressed like the Bob Kane, Bill Finger thing very briefly and stuff like that. And like I was I was impressed that they actually, you know, took some of that stuff head on. But also, you know, I thought and just beyond that, it was just a really good documentary where it kept going back and forth between you know, what was going, what's going on in the present. And then they'd cut back, okay, 85 years prior, here's Superman. And then, you know, each, each episode would pick up where the other one left off. It was, it was pretty well done. I recommend it. How do you feel about DC these days? I think it's my favorite stuff in a long time. I, I, I'm really, um, I, I'm, I really enjoy it. It's, I mean, it's part of the problem, you know, part of my, my finance problem is that, I have been able to cut a ton of Marvel and say, oh, this looks really good. I'll read it when it comes out digitally. Oh, this looks interesting, too. I'll read it when it comes out digitally. When I get to DC, I'm like, nope, I need to buy this. I need to buy this. I need to buy this. It's like I have to buy it. It's I can't get myself to say I'll still enjoy it digitally. I I, I want to own it. It's a a different experience for sure, especially when they, at least in the Marvel infinity or whatever it is called they do to some of the apps like oh, they the released web comic uh, versions where it scrolls oh god i hate that yeah. yeah i started to read that fallen friend one about ms marvel mm-hmm. i'm like i'm not reading this because it was <laughs> that, and that was together. really good uh the, i'll uh, wait we, for it to come out normally because i mean that literally came out and they made it available but it, right they right they, 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 did, yeah. they did the same thing with hellfire gala and i didn't buy hellfire gala so i was like did you why it, is it coming out in the infinity app and i so i read it on the infinity app and i was like what the fuck is this you, scroll thing i know and, and it was annoying and so i like made posts on it and Somebody on uh, Blue Sky said, look, yeah, they, they released it early in this format, but here's what it looks like. Yeah. And I was like, well, I really need to go get myself a copy of this. And I, I thought it would be sold out, but it wasn't. So I, I got myself a copy. So did you read had, the whole thing? I did read it. That was insane. It was. I mean, um, I wasn't as surprised because I could see the writing on the wall, but – well, I think the um, fact they killed so many people so early, it, they literally announced the team, then kill them all. It was, I, I kind of, I don't know how I felt about that. 
I'm, I'm, yeah, it, but it, the it, only one that it was got really me excited like, for, for it what's was like coming. a new yeah. mutants and then a juggernaut and Dazzler. some of the side characters. It was a very odd new team. Yeah. And, and I really like, I, I'm one of those guys that like just Chuck Austin's X-Men. And mm-hmm. when, 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 uh, Juggernaut was a good guy, like oh, I, yeah. I like Juggernaut as a good guy. I, so I, I, and I was, Juggernaut's always been kind of a weird gray area anyway, right? Well, I was happy. I was like, yeah. Oh, Juggernaut's going to be a, an X-Men, you know? And, uh, <laughs> they were just put together, in my opinion, as a plot device. Yeah, uh, yeah. To, move, to move the story forward, but um, I, I can see why they put such an odd X Men. Like it, it was, it was an odd group of X Men. You got to admit, <laughs> it was. And my, my, it was almost like Justice League Detroit. You know, like well, I the, <laughs> here you go. Thing, Here's your new X Men. <laughs> I, I thought here was the the one bad thing about it is he builds them. And it was like all minority characters and women plus the juggernaut, and then he kills all minority characters and women, and then the and then the juggernaut. And that didn't like, even occur to me. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that part didn't look great. Um, I am. Uh, I'm gonna reread it because I didn't like I, the, the whole format. Threw me off the. Oh, oh sure. Yeah, sure. that's why I, I, I. I'm like I put the Ms. Marvel. I read it away. I'm like I'll wait form. for it to just come normally. Yeah, I read the comic. Yeah, I just couldn't believe that they would do that if it was already in this for, in the right format. Like, oh. I, I I get the I get the idea of oh let's let's do this thing for the phone. It's popular in Japan and it seems to be right. doing good here. Let's do this thing for a phone and then release it as a comic later on. But yeah. I I don't get the idea of oh this is exists in comic format and here it is and we converted it to this format for you i'm like no thank you <laughs> give, give, give me the other format but um i i did pick myself up a copy to to read an experience in the form that i want to experience it in yeah but yeah so um my my comic was um is ghost rider Number 94, which if you go to our database, there is no 94. How is that possible? It's it's possible because, (laughs) well, I I claimed victory about, I don't know, five years ago saying, oh, I got all the Ghost Raiders. I finished all of them. And I did according to our database. Volume two? But then I was listening to a podcast I listened to, uh, Bronze and Modern Gods, Um I was listening to it and they were talking about they have like this 25 year rule thing where they kind of give you comics that were happened several years ago. And they said, oh, yeah, we're talking about Ghost Rider finale. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And they said, oh, it's the conclusion to the volume two Ghost Rider. And I thought, well, I thought. Ghost Rider volume two ended, even though it said to be continued. I didn't know the backstory about it. So what 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 essentially happened is Ghost Rider was selling in 1998 very poor numbers, very poor numbers. And Marvel was in its bankruptcy. So their management said, 
we have to cut back our books and only make things that are profitable just so we can get out of this bankruptcy. And Tom Brevoort was the editor, and he wanted to put this ghostwriter out just to finish the series because he thought, well, at least we'll break even, you know. But um, it never it never came out, and it ended on 93 on such a weird, weird cliffhanger. Like, if you read this out of context, it's a very hard book to read because you have this weird ghostwriter who's not even ghostwriter. It, it, Danny Ketch is on Earth, uh, being influenced by his mom. Um, how many of you guys knew that that Danny and Johnny Blaze were related? Like, I know, I did. Yeah, read that in Ghost Rider number one. Hmm. But the actual spirit of vengeance is also like an, a, a descendant of their uh, lineage. Um, I forget what his name is, but, uh, he actually has a spirit of vengeance and he's in hell, um, with that demon, um, God, I can't even remember the demon's name. Black. Blackheart? <laughs> yeah, Blackheart. Thank you. Yep. So Blackheart was a big character in the Danny Ketch run of, uh, Ghost Rider, but he's in hell. Um, so, so Ghost Rider's in hell. He's got these two women that he's going to marry. One woman, one woman's died and now she, her spirit's in hell. The other woman, you don't really know her backstory other than Blackheart kind of owns her. Like, you're like, what's up with this? And he wants Danny, well, not Danny. He wants the, the ghostwriter spirit to, to marry these two women. So he's got two women he's going to get married to. And one of the catches is, the the one woman that you don't know her who she is she she actually turns out to be Johnny Blaze's wife so it's kind of like an incestuous it's it's a weird thing <laughs> but um he does get married but one of the first things this ghostwriter does is he sort of he frees hell basically he's like I, I want all you demons he, demons to have – it's like a democracy where it was lead before. He he kills Blackheart because Blackheart sort of betrayed him. He was going to have Johnny Blaze's wife kill uh, the ghostwriter spirit, and uh, she didn't she didn't kill him. And then him and he, he and Blackheart fought it out, and he killed Blackheart. And then later in the series, um, the mom sort of. It, it, it's weird because it's almost like it doesn't end there either. So, so Danny's back on Earth. He's got his life together, and Johnny is. He goes to visit his brother. So, so Johnny Blaze goes to visit his brother and says, "I need a place to stay." And he's like, "Where's Jen?" And you know, Jen is in hell. His wife is dead, but then she comes back to life, and now she's with Johnny. And then there was this girl, Stacy Dolan. Stacy was the the girl that was dating Danny and she finds out she's pregnant and I don't know if it's with Danny's kid or with somebody else's but she decides to leave Danny a note saying I'm leaving you kind of thing. I I don't know if the baby's his or if it's it's not. I I'm not quite sure. She leaves him a like a note to say goodbye. That's how this series ends. It ends such a weird series. And Tom Brevoort says 
yeah, basically was in the can, like they had done all the work. And he was trying to assemble like the original. He had Ivan Velez Jr. writing and Javier Solteris doing the uh, art and with Mark uh, Texaria inking. So you had some of the original artists. He was trying to bring the spark back yeah. to Ghost Rider as it, because he was so popular and then they, they went away from what they were, the core of what they were doing with Danny. And they kind of lost readers like they were bleeding. Mm. So um, he was trying to bring it back by making it what it was. And then um, this was supposed to lead into that, but they never had the chance because of the bankruptcy. So, yeah, it was an interesting story. And it's interesting why I didn't find it. And on our database, it's listed as Ghost Rider Finale. Yeah, I see. Weird. Huh. Is it is it just on uh, Marvel Unlimited normal? Like if you do, you, like does it just go ninety three ninety four? I didn't check because I, I should check after. I, I bought a cop once I once I listened to the podcast. I was like, I'm going on eBay and I'm going to buy this. Sure, sure. I, I went to my comic shop first and they didn't have it. Right. So uh, I was like, well, I I, I need to have this because this is the one thing that's blocking me. And um, I will I will say that 94, because it took 10 years to publish, it comes with 93 as well. So it, it, oh, comes, it. it comes bundled with two issues, 93 and 94. Um, Probably a good idea. Yeah. Oh, in my comic like, shop, though, it's listed as 94. Okay. So even in the in, – in in, what do they call it? Indisha? Indisha, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not listed as Ghost Rider 94. It's just Ghost Rider Finale. Oh, and so that's probably why they do that on your database then, I bet. Yeah, because uh, yeah. that's one of the rules for for having a comic title is they all, don't use what's on the title. They have an extra field that has, like, additional title or something like that. Right. But uh, the the title comes right off of that. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. That's usually how I try to file them uh, until they start a freaking like in, Invincible Iron Man. You just put that under Iron Man for years. Then all of a sudden, Invincible Iron Man actually is a different series than Iron Man. Then you're like, right. what the frick do I do with all these original Invincible Iron Mans? Yeah. yeah. But it is odd because if you look at the cover to this finale, it says Ghost Rider 94 finale. Right. So it's like, what the hell? <laughs> What year yeah. did you say that came out again? The finale? I yeah. I don't know. I don't have the database. Looks like two thousand seven, Mike. Okay. Mm. That's interesting. I'm glad I'm glad it got it came out. I mean, uh you hate yeah, the especially stories almost go unpublished. Yeah. Finish it. Like I was listening to Rob Servations and uh it was a really good issue. Like I I, I wasn't create um I wasn't quite sure what the episode was, would be, but it was called like Dinner with Herb Trimpy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, 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 I've always liked him and I was like, I don't know if I want to know about this, but I listened to it and it was, it was a really good episode that Rob put together. And, uh, one of the fascinating things is, uh, he always thought that Herb was told to, if you look at some of his old nineties work, yeah. It looks like Liefeld art. <laughs> it does, yeah. So it, it was like Liefeld actually felt bad that he 
was told to draw like that. So he's always felt like I, because he, he's one of his idols, you know, I don't want one of my idols to have to be forced to draw like me. Right. Like, I've uh, read so, that too as well, Mike. It's the what? same thing you're talking about. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, so he 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 did it on his own accord. That's what's really interesting about it. Marvel didn't tell him to draw like that. He <laughs> liked Rob's style and he wanted to draw like that. Mm, okay. So he actually did a unfinished X-Force and late in his life he sent Rob the unfinished work. So what Rob is doing now is inking it. Oh, that's so awesome. th- this is an odd. Aw- yeah, I can't. I can't wait to see this. Like, I, huh. I, I can't wait for him to finish it and this thing come out. You know, as an issue of X Force with, uh, with uh, Herb Herb's art and his uh, Liefeld's inks over it. It's going to be really neat to see. Very cool. Yeah. Are you ready for another one? Yo, sure. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Heartthrobs number sixty-eight. Ah, that's DC, right? I, I, you know what? It is DC, Mike. But you, you'd be hard pressed to 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 be able to to know that for sure by reading the comic book. Now it does say up in the corner, National Romance Group with a heart in a circle, right? But that's that's the closest that you get. And actually, I started to question myself when I was reading it until I um. Until I actually like went online, and, and sure enough, it is DC. But like you, you open it up, it says it's published by the Arlisle Publishing Company. It doesn't mention DC anywhere. And you know what the other interesting thing is? There's not even one page of ads in this entire comic. Yeah, I just knew because it was national. Yeah, but nothing. There's not one. There's not one ad. It's crazy. Yeah, but. It- the other way you can tell is you're 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 in an early stage of it, but if you go to a later issue, like in the hundreds, yeah. you'll see the DC logo in it. Right, and those yeah. are the ones that I own. So that when you said heartthrobs, I knew what it was, <laughs> not yeah. because of the issue that you. Yeah, uh, because late, 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 later issues like late, it says Superman, started. National Comics, DC. You know. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I mean the national because it's the same circle. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so the same comic group it says romance group. So I, I was pretty I was pretty sure anyhow. But then I was very surprised to see that there's no no ads at all. It's just you know not even the front cover or the back cover or anything. Um, but anyhow, so it's got uh, four stories in this one. Yeah, four stories. <clears throat> so the first one is the truth about. I'll just go through them. I, I wrote some notes on here so I could. Um, remember, uh, truth about Tony. And, uh, what we've got here is man named David comes to visit June and he's tasked to give, um, a last letter from Tony to June. They had been seeing each other when, of course, Tony was called, um, into the service and he died in a, in a Jeep accident. So, uh, they meet up and he starts, he, he, he immediately is attracted to June. Um, he says that he's like kind of giving his respects from Tony and stuff, but he doesn't hand her the letter and, uh, he, he falls for June. Um, they 
slowly but surely start seeing each other more like first she says oh it's not appropriate for us, us to see each other i'm you know still i'm in love with with tony and you know he keeps mentioning that you know she couldn't be if if uh if he if he gave her the letter he thinks this but he doesn't do it and and you know then finally they do uh, go out to have something to eat they go for, for coffee they they go dancing and stuff and then one of the what well, i guess the song that that was hers and tony's plays and she's like oh i can't do this i need to sit down and david's not going to take that crap anymore um so he's like well, you got you got to look at this this letter that I, um, I was supposed to give you so she opens it up and it's a it's a dear john letter you know saying that he was breaking uh, that tony was breaking up with june and that he found another another girl that that he was in love with more than june and so you think that that was a sad tale but oh it frees it frees david and june to be able to continue to see each other and and now they've fallen in love um, the second story was a smile for someone, and Alita works in a in a typing pool, and you know uh, day in day out, all she's is surrounded with her other women. Um, you know, either there's a small child that, that stops in to get, do an errand for somebody, or you know, the, uh, some of the old men that work in another department. Or Rob, if, can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. Are, are you old enough to have taken typing class on a typewriter? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did, I did take type. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, saying, I, I think yeah. I'm the youngest of the group, and I, I definitely did. Yeah, I took uh, typing. Mm-hmm. You did too, Mike? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, yeah. So, uh, it, it, and, and if, if she's ever lucky enough that a handsome, a handsome, you know, uh, man more her age stops in, of course, he's always got that pesky wedding band on. <laughs> so... She never gets to meet any men. She's like, I'm never going to meet anyone. So uh, her coworkers, you know, go go on vacation, go to a resort, they come back. And if they're not engaged, they're at least find another man. So finally she's, she decides to save her, her pennies. And after many months of saving up, she finally can afford a vacation. She goes on a resort and sure enough, oh my God, there's this man, that man, and the other, uh, all, you know, throwing themselves uh at at her and and it's everything that she was hoping for uh except for one guy who's really standoffish and and a bit rude when when she first got there and didn't um didn't have anything to do with him for the rest of the of the time so now um vacation is is over and and she's she's getting ready to um she's getting ready to leave and uh, you know, there's there's one guy after the other and um the one the one man says, Oh, in two days I go back to New York to meet my fiance And she's like, Oh great And then there's Charlie, thanks for dancing with me. I've been wanting to make Natalie jealous. Look at her over there burning up And then um you know, uh, it, it's it's one after the other like um, like that, and and she's kissing, passionate kiss, and and with a third man, and and she's like, oh, I wish, and, and he says, I sure wish I could see you after vacation, but San Francisco is so far from New York, so she's like, that's great, that that was just great, all these men, and not one of them by the end of this vacation, so she's crying alone, um, behind a tree, and suddenly that 
guy that had been rude to her at the beginning um, uh, approaches her. Uh, his name is Joe. It was. It wasn't you, was it, Crawford? No, no, and, uh, probably too young. <laughs> and and uh, and uh, kind of uh, kind of um, you know comforts her, and and so she she says you know she was hoping to meet a man that would mean a lot to her someday, and he says oh I didn't realize you were only like me, you so it seems so popular, and I'm such a quiet guy, I never thought I'd have a chance with you, and uh, and he Maybe says it was me. <laughs> yeah, and then and then and then he says, "I'd like to see you very often when we get back to the city." So it all turned out okay for Alita after all. Um, the third one is where is my here it is new love for old, and Abby is is, is in love with Lenny, but Lenny is quite a wanderer and he comes and goes, and um, He's about to get back on the train, and, and she rushes to the train saying, you know, I love you, I love you. He's like, I love you too, baby, but you know me, I, 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 I need to, I need to, to wander. I need to, to see, see, the, see the country, so he leaves. So after many months of putting off her friends, she finally agrees to a blind date with a man named Paul, and they hit it off, and it's everything that she was hoping um, love, love would be, and uh, things get more and more serious until he finally proposes and she accepts. Uh, as the wedding date's getting closer, who who returns but Lenny? And <clears throat> she sees Lenny again from afar, and, and that night all she can think about is Lenny, and she realizes she really still is in love with Lenny and that she's going to have to break up um, this, this engagement. And so the three of them um, end up meeting together and, and – uh, and she uh, tells tells Paul that uh, she's still in love with Lenny, and Lenny proposes. Says, "All right, baby, I'm I'm here. I'm back. I'm not going anywhere. Let's let's get together. Let's get married." And and Paul says, "Listen, Abby, I I love you with all my heart, but the most important thing to me is your happiness. So if that's what what is is going to make you happy, then I'm not going to stand in your way." And she turns to Lenny and says, "Lenny." I don't accept your proposal, Paul. Let's get married. And Paul says, oh, can you meet? Do you actually mean it? And she's like, yes, absolutely. You actually care about me. Let's get married. And that was the end of that one. And then lastly, we have one more kiss with Dina and Danny. Um, they've known each other, and they share a passionate kiss. Hey, that, Bob, did you did you have relationships like this back in the day? All of my relationships were <laughs> I mean, were you <laughs> – I'm just saying how real I was. I was Lenny. I was Lenny. <laughs> and um, Dina and Danny, they, they they share this kiss, and it, it scares the crap out. I, I think I think honestly, they didn't go right, come right out and say it, but it it really heated up her loins. Okay, yeah, I think that's and read between the lines. I read between the lines because she said that it it it, it formed a fire in her that scared her. Um, do it. Yep. So she started push. She started pushing Danny. She pushed Danny away. Started opting for some more safer men. Um, and because I, I think that has she that ever happened that to problem. you, where you you get scared and you push it away? <laughs> no, that never happened. I had. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, oh, I'm sorry to hear that, Mike. No, I had to because well, I don't know. I this girl was real aggressive and it scared me. Oh well, that's what happened with Danny. school, though. Was Danny little, was very aggressive. Are, are you yeah, being serious? Very aggressive. A joke. I think he's yeah. serious. 
Yeah? I'm serious. What was her name? Her name was Debbie Myers, believe it or not. Well, oh, that was for the best. Cousin, so. <laughs> <laughs> you had to nip that in the bud right so away. I started going out with her, and I was like, uh, my science teacher pulled me aside and said, Mike, you shouldn't be with that girl. She's going to get you in trouble. <laughs> Mrs. Bradshaw in middle school told me, outside of class one day, don't go with that girl. And did you listen? I did. I, I went on a couple more dates, but I did listen eventually, yeah. yeah. And I, I see where she's coming from because yeah. I, I could have got a situation where – in middle school, I could have had a baby. <laughs> I was going to say you could you could be a great grandfather right now. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So like I I, I was scared in my loins. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I'm glad things worked out. How is Debbie? What is she up to these days? I have no idea. I lost track of her out of uh, middle school after her third child. I have no idea. I know. <laughs> but I didn't know what I was doing in middle school. Like, no. Who did? No, that's true. That's no, true. I didn't no. know. Yeah. No, well, I mean, but I mean, to be fair, though, Dina's much older than middle school. She, yeah, she she's seems probably to be a grown in woman. her 20s. Early 20s, yeah. Early <laughs> yeah. 20s. <clears throat> and uh, so uh, she starts dating all these other guys, and I got to tell you, nothing. No one's really doing it for her like like Danny did, and so finally by the end she realizes that she enjoys that fire, and she loves Danny and can't live without him. And that's how that one ended. Well, I, pro- I probably would have enjoyed that fire too. <laughs> you probably, but maybe not the af- aftermath. Got, not the aftermath of the fire. <laughs> the ashes. As long and also as long as the fire wasn't from gonorrhea. I was thinking that one too. Yeah, it could be a burning that might come later. Right, that that, that burning sensation could be bad. <laughs> the fire that keeps burning. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that was that was the four stories. There was also a text piece that uh, isn't worth um, going on about. It was about it was about um, marriage customs in. They didn't quote it, but I'm quoting quote unquote uncivilized nations. So, yeah, not really, um, not, not at all, um, uh, you know, appropriate or PC for you know our our days. It just talked a, a lot a lot about the uncivilized, you know, uncivilized countries, then and how they treat marriages. But um, but yeah, interesting, interesting story. Um, these stories weren't quite as good having, as a lot of those a- other ones. Having said that, I've read romance comics that have had that uh, marriages in other countries kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They're, they're, I felt like these maybe weren't quite as good as some of those uh, some of the other um, maybe more popular DC romance books. Um, these a lot yeah. of these stories were a little more uh, fell a little more flat than than the ones I've read in some of those other um, more long running or popular um, series. Heartthrobs is one I, I really hadn't heard much about uh, from before. When I when I saw it, I'm like, oh, I have to pick this one up. I, I will pick up a romance comic 
any time that I get a chance. If I you know see what's it. funny is I offered it. I offered it to. Omaha. I offered it to my um my son's friend who's a year younger than him, so he's nine. I said, "Did you want to read this Heartthrobs book?" And <laughs> believe it or not, he had absolutely no interest in watching. <laughs> I almost was hoping you'd go the other way. <laughs> It's like, give it here. Yeah, yeah, let me see. Wait a minute. Let me take a look at that. No, no, he didn't want to read. I said, well, read the title. What does that say? Heartthrobs? <laughs> like that? <laughs> no, no interest at all. Mike, there was a the place in I was at in Omaha. I think it was called Kryptonite Comics. And I just, I ran out of money. Uh, you need to hit that up if you're ever heading Nebraska way. They have... They're DC, Marvel, and indie books mixed in uh, of modern era. Then their Silver Age and Golden Age are separated out. And then they've got a section that's nothing but war. Then they've got a section that's nothing but Western. And a section that's nothing but romance comics. And oh. I, they were they were a little on the pricey side. Um, so yeah, I grabbed because, I think, uh, they used to be dirt cheap. And yeah. then it, it seems like about, I don't know, Ten years ago, people started realizing what these are, and they they started to become really popular. The general rule of thumb I have found is the big two books are the expensive ones. If if you're like wanting just western or or army comics or romance comics, if you get the the Charlton, that's where they're cheap still. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you could get the Charlton, I think, for like five bucks. But if you were talking, I grabbed one Marvel one and one DC one, and both of those were over $10 books and, and in not great shape. Well, yeah, but that's why I was excited t- to get this one, this Heartthrobs. That was one yeah. that I got from the, the Comic-Con a couple months ago. Nice. That was part of the – um, it was a ten, it was eight eight comics. I don't know why eight, but it was eight comics for 20 bucks. That's not bad at all. No, and, and yeah. I mean, no, it's not in great. It's not in perfect condition, but it's sure. a, it's very. It's I would say very good. Uh, looks like according to our database, Mike. I know that's not super accurate, but um, it says it's like a seventeen dollar book. So like, why they were? I guess they just were get, given, you know, getting rid of stuff, getting rid of socks. So I was happy. Yeah, you'll find some <laughs> romance comics don't sell to everybody. So some shops. They might know the worth, but it's all based on demand. Right. So they'll, they'll get rid of them for cheaper than what they're worth. Yeah. But um, that that happens a lot with romance comics just because they can't get – most of the people that read comics and you go to a comic store are like 40 to 50-year-old men or older. So it's like they don't – do they want to read romance comics? I get a kick out of them. And I tell you I, I what, think, though, Mike, that's who I saw buying them that day at that sale was like 40, 50 year old men, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah buying the romance books. Well, well were, me and Bill, me and Bill buy them. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, there you go. we're looking through boxes. Yeah. At, the, at Heroes Con, there were a lot of um, genre related boxes that I was surprised yeah. to see. There was like a whole box of nurses and. Oh my gosh! You should have gone crazy on those nurses. You could have given them to Josh George. He loves those. I I, I sent him picture of that. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, uh, it's funny that that the uh, that was like a. I've been listening to a paperback podcast. 
But the, there was like a little hot spot in both comics and paperbacks where like the hospital sex books and the the nurse uh, comics and the, the nurse paperback romances were like a big deal for a hot minute. I don't know if that's like the, the 60s or what, but there was just a ton of them. Yeah. It's really interesting to me how how you have these like almost like when ER came back and like the nurse, the hospital show was a big thing again. And then like there was half a dozen hospital shows all at once. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just recently got a book that Bill already had, but it's like the history of romance comics. And it, I'm looking forward to reading it because I went to a panel with the woman that wrote it. Mm-hmm. And uh, she she was really knowledgeable, like in terms of like. Well, if you go and you get Harvey romance comics, they're the crudest. <laughs> you know, oh, like, really? she was like, she was yeah, like categor- categorizing them, you know, you know, like which ones the were were in this category, which ones were in this category, and it's like now I want to get a Harvey uh, romance comic just to see what it's like. Well, That's- wasn't Harvey had some of the wildest horror stuff too, if I remember it right? I mean, we yeah, think of them. You think of Harvey as Casper and exactly like, Casper and yeah. Richie Rich. And yeah, so it's that, like their fifty to, stuff was racy. Well, it's it's crazy to even think it. Like, I, oh, totally. The first thing that comes to your mind when you say Harvey is exactly what you just said. Yep. <clears throat> well, speaking of the fifties, uh, my next one. If we got time for me to do another one, is uh, I hope so. I've got two more things to cover. Oh, there boy, you go. all day. <laughs> uh is one that Mr. Spy Vinyl Bill himself sent me. Um it's Adele Hi so that in case you want to use this for the series, I think it's it's called Four Color Volume Two, I think officially. Because the Indicia, when I was adding it to my system, is not what it it actually pulls up under. Because it's called Boots and Saddles. Uh oh, I saw you put this up on on, on social media. Yeah. Boots and Saddles 1029, and obviously a TV show that ran for one season didn't get 1,029 issues. But uh, Four Color by Dell, they would, you know, just kind of do like a few strips here and there of of different properties. So Mm -hmm. uh, all sorts of stuff uh, came out under that. So um, this is from 1959, Dell Publishing, you know, and Dell Comics means good comics. So uh, it was... uh, (laughs) It was obviously a Did really you good work one. for the company or something. What is what's going on? <laughs> no, it's on the back page of all. Of oh, it. oh, yeah, yeah. There's a is there seal of <laughs> approval. It says Dell Dell pledged to parents. The Dell trademark is and always has been a positive guarantee that this comic magazine bearing it contains only clean and wholesome entertainment. We'll see if that's true. The Dell you know code, what's cool? Um, just as an aside, real quick, um, yeah. Mike, with the database, I like how they they added that option like i looked up i just looked up boots saddles and it said find in other titles and then it took you know a second for it to search but then it popped up four color comics number 919 nice they've they've gotten really like he's added a lot of yeah because before years ago joe you would never be able to find this unless i had i had to google i had to google it to find it in clz yeah, but because I knew it, Dell did that, and I couldn't remember what the name of that series was. Because I only have other one other one. I have a like a Max Brand one about a dog or something from like the '55. But I knew it wasn't under under like the title. It was under something else, and I had to look it up because it doesn't say it anywhere in the book. 
Right. Oh, is this is yeah. this a TV show or something? Yeah, or it was like a, Boots and Saddles. It, it ran for one season, uh, thirty episodes, like nineteen fifty six, which is wow. crazy because this issue came out in nineteen fifty nine. So they, we're talking about a dead property by the time they they put this it's out. Weird, huh? Yeah, that is weird. But uh, yeah. Anyway, and it says when your child buys a Dell comic, you can be sure it contains only good fun. Dell comics are good comics. Is our credo. So there you go. The guy holding the gun looks familiar. Yeah, I thought so too. I've never seen the show though. No, neither. Maybe one season it might be a hard uh, thing to find. Yeah, yeah. I I wonder if like a lot of that stuff, like if it gets old enough, they just you maybe track it down on like YouTube or what's that other one, Vimeo or something. Yeah. I don't know how hard like episodes on on DVD or something would be defined. And surely something like this isn't streaming anywhere. But I think, I think um, YouTube is a good, is a good place to start. If you were looking for, it might not have all of this, all of the episodes, but might have a couple. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. First one's called bad Madison. And he's like, Oh boy, I sure picked a bad day to trade with Apaches. Uh, So he's trying to figure out where everybody is. And then he gets jumped. They beat him up. And uh, he's like, what's going on? And he's like, you butthole, you gave me the white man sickness. And you show it. <laughs> he did. He didn't say butthole because, you know. I didn't Del- think so. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Del comic. You're not going to say that. But uh, the medicine man is saying, you know, you gave us the white man's disease. And they show the, the chief's son and he, he has a facial thing going on. And he says, you're right. That poor kid's got the smallpox. And so um, – and, you know, he's like, well, we'll fix it. And I'm like, and me, I'm thinking, like, well, you buttholes probably gave him the smallpox, but whatever. Um, so he makes a deal that he's going to go get uh, the cure. So he's going to get the vaccination. Some Apaches uh, head him off to keep him from going. But for some reason, it's really weird. I got confused. So basically, the chief wants him to get the vaccination. The... Medicine Man doesn't want to give him the vaccination because he doesn't trust him. And uh, the gist of it is you've got some of the Apaches are trying to keep him from going to get the vaccination. And then you've got a couple of Apaches working for the chief. They're fighting. It's like infuting basically who's going to get the smallpox for the uh, vaccination for the kids. Long story short, they go and get the vaccination. And he's like, don't you give that to that kid. And, and he's like, look, I'll give it to well, my corporal, he's like, I ain't never been vaccinated before. Don't you get me none of that stuff? And he's like, well, you got to do it to show that it's safe. So he gives it to him and is like, see, no big deal. And then the medicine man who uh, ends up doing kind of like you think of with the the court tester in like medieval times, like, well, if you're going to give this to the kid, give it to me first. So the medicine man takes it. Nothing bad happens. And then he gives it to the kid and they're like, uh, is he going to be okay? And he said, you should know in a couple of days. I didn't know vaccinations work that way. Is that real? I don't think you just give somebody a vaccination and, like, smallpox goes away. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. It, I don't think it's so. to build your immune system. So yeah. it triggers your immune system. So if something gets there. Right. Yeah. It, it, it'll if you've make already you gotten it, I think that's. Not think immune that's to it, right. but be able to fight it. You right. Know? So I'm like, I don't know about that. So, but anyway, long story short. But in the 1800s, that would probably be true. Eh, Maybe. People might think that. 
Yeah. Oh, good point. They might have thought that's how it worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in the in the missing story, the the chief son dies, and then they probably kill all these guys. But you know, not in this issue because it's good comics. Second story <laughs> is called Gun Smugglers. This one is a uh, kind of a fun one. So basically, they uh, are going to stop these fellas from smuggling guns, and they had uh, killed one of their compatriots. And the gun smugglers are going into Mexico. So the army guys keep going like, okay, we want to follow into Mexico to basically get revenge for our buddy Jim. And they're like, you can't go over to Mexico. And then the one guy's like, I'm a scout. I don't work for you people. I'm going. He's like, no, I pay you a salary. You basically work for the army. You can't go. And so people keep trying to sneak off to Mexico to, uh, to stop the gun runners. And finally one of them does sneak off. And of course he gets caught and he's like, you scout for the, them. Did you tell them about the secret trail? He's like, we haven't been formally introduced. And my mother taught me never to speak to strangers. And of course, for being a smart ass, he knocks the crap out of him. He wakes up and I like this part. He's like, they don't know I'm conscious, so they won't hurt me. I'll use these dead leaves to alert Shank. And so he like, somehow pushes he's so close to the fire he pushes like this big wad of leaves into the the campfire and these guys are out watching and he's like look captain do you think that could be smoke signaling and this is like a dude who's completely tied up and he's just throwing some leaves in it and just from that they can tell that i guess (laughs) kids i don't know if kids weren't very savvy and would question these kind of stories or or what, but <laughs> I don't buy that that worked, but whatever. Um, then the, the guys, uh, leave him. They're like, you will, you'll just, uh, we'll just leave you here. We got to get back to what we were doing. And so once again, they're like, we're, we got to get into Mexico. We've rescued you. And he's like, no, you got to do what I say. And trust me, I may have a plan. I just can't tell you what it is. And so, these are guys are all hot in the pants to get to Mexico and uh, have revenge for dead Jim. But finally, they uh, agree to not go. The Mexicans come flying back into America. And that sounds weird saying that. Anyway, you know what I'm saying? They cross the border and they're angry and there's a big shootout, and it turns out the reason why he didn't want anybody to go over there is he had filed the firing pins off of all the guns, and so he knew that the people who were buying the guns would be so upset that he'd be able to arrest him. So there's a, there you go. It's a 50s comic book about gun smuggling where all the Mexicans get arrested. So I don't know how forward-thinking that is, but whatever. <laughs> uh, last story is The Book Soldier, and this one's kind of fun. Um the sergeant uh, goes on vacation, and this guy comes in to take care of him. And he's like, I'm going to whip y'all into shape. So a guy comes in from patrol. He's like, soldier, you call those boots polished? No, Sergeant Bullock never expects them to be polished after we get off patrol. He doesn't, but I'm in charge now. And the book says boots will be polished at all times. So every scenario that happens, uh, he goes, well, the book says you're supposed to do this. Hence the book, soldier. Uh, there's a big fight. And he says, the book says you're not supposed to have a fight. Go to uh, the guardhouse and you're on duty. So uh, they wake up in the middle of the night because uh, the bugle trumpet sounds, and that's what they call the boots and saddles. That's where the name comes for. I guess it means boots hit saddles once you hear the bugle call. 
And he's like, what's going on? Well, the book says we need to have a emergency drill. And so they go out and they're in Apache territory and they're on patrol and they're going to hunker down for the night. And the guy says, why are we putting the horses so way, uh, so far away from camp? 100 yards is the prescribed hygienic distance in the book. Book says 100 yards right here. And they're like, you are an idiot. And, of course, it proves that he is an idiot because the horses are so far away. The one person who stays with them to make sure they don't get taken gets whacked and all the horses are stolen. So they're out in the middle of the desert and they're wandering around and they can't find their way home because this guy, of course, basically the gist of it is his book knowledge is not practical knowledge. And they get back to camp and he's like, book smart ain't so great, is it? <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> Fun little book. It, it has a couple of little, you know how they're like in the Charleston, they always have like the one pagers. It'll be mm-hmm. like kind of informational, educational ones. So yeah. like there's, there's a one page black and white one on the next to last page. I just thought it was really interesting. And it's about being in a Western fort, saying where they had parade, parade grounds. And, uh, I'm gonna have to send you a picture of this, this one picture, uh, that's in it though. There's one that says, Suds, Suds, Sud, I can't talk. Soap Suds Row housed enlisted men's wives lucky enough to camp laundresses and so allowed to follow their soldier husbands to frontier camps. So it's got some women doing laundry. And then the next panel, it's got this woman. She is at her wit's end in the picture. She's like, looks like she's crying. The kids are like in the bed. And there's like a soldier comforting her. And it says second lieutenants with their families lived in one small room with a shed outside for a kitchen. With each promotion, officers got another room. So I can just imagine this woman's like, oh, my God, I can't live like this anymore. you got to get a promotion because I can't (laughs) live in this house with these two freaking kids. And I'll send you this panel because it's hilarious because she's she's done. And then uh, (laughs) then the last panel is just about blacksmiths. But, yeah, this is a fun little book. I I think, though, when you read these things, not only do you have to take, you know, the intolerances towards other peoples uh, with a grain of salt, but just some of the scenarios you have to take, like, as these were written for young kids, not 50-year-olds who were like, well, that doesn't make sense. How can you do that? But I don't know. I I really enjoy uh, these old Westerns. I think they're a lot of fun. And uh the Delwins are, are pretty tame, which in some ways makes them even more fun. Because, <laughs> uh, That's cool. Yeah, it was a good book. That sounds fun. Boots and yeah. Saddles. Yeah, he sent me a couple of Annie Oakleys as well. Uh the first Annie Oakley I read, it was it was really, really good. I liked it a lot. And I got it I got another I one. I should just read. drive up north and uh in my truck and just say load it up. <laughs> there you go. Say, what are you trying to get rid of, Bill? I'll take it. You can blow it up. <laughs> blow it up. <laughs> my my next one's gonna be quick, but it's a very important book and a lot of first appearances. It's the first appearance of Flair, the first appearance of Giant, the first appearance of oh, Ice yeah. First appearance of Foxbat. <laughs> Some I saw this. This is the champion, right? Yeah. I didn't know it was first appearance when I read it because it doesn't read like first appearance. It it reads exactly like you're, you're thrown into an adventure and you're like, well, where's the previous comic? Kind of like Arian. Right. Yeah. What happened before? It's like I'm thrown into a situation 
where Foxbat is trying to steal some kind of crown from a uh a mansion um and what is this it's this this Dr. Clinton Avery a professor of parapsychology and he's trying to rip this off and give it to this uh demon organization and Flair shows up and um I I didn't realize <laughs> I, I I guess I read Flair comics before but in heroic comics, you know, mm-hmm. like a different publisher. Yep. I didn't realize she was a based on this champions video or role playing game. Oh. I would have I would have never guessed it. Um because I've never played a role playing game. It's so weird. I've had opportunities and it's like I just it's like going to the dentist. I don't wanna so we're going in 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 a couple of weeks. We're going to the um. There's a big uh, play museum, uh, like a museum of play, like a children's museum, sure. um, in Rochester, which is about an hour away from us. And um, they are hosting uh, an introduction, like do to play D and D for um, that afternoon. Me and me and Zach are gonna go, and we're gonna we're gonna join that and do that together. That's fun. I'm glad very, you guys like it. I have nothing against it. I just have it's like it's like something I just it's there and I don't have any desire to do it. When I, when we were I kids I really don't when, want to read those manuals because <laughs> they have like pages and pages of make believe and I've never been one for make believe, like to imagine stuff uh outside of like Monopoly, it's a physical game. I'm rolling my dice and I'm moving my thing. A lot of this stuff is like, oh, you walk into this room and the dungeon yeah. guy's making making shit up. You know, I, I've never, I never like that. Like, <laughs> I, I, I can't. I, I appreciate the people that can and and really get into it, and they understand they're in a dungeon and they're about to fall thirty feet and land on a sword. Like, I, I, I understand that, but I just can't. <laughs> Sit in a room on, around a table and imagining that happening. Like I just, uh, I, I guess when that's we were why kids, I like comics. There was one called novels. Villains and Vigilantes, and it was a superhero. That. Yeah, superhero role playing game. And the difference in that one, I mean, it's the same basic idea, Mike. But the difference is they encouraged you to just play as yourself. So like so you would actually say okay I'm I'm still this person but now you roll to see what type of powers you ended up having and then you you proceed from there and and me and a few other kids in the neighborhood that we played we played that a lot I think that that helped with some people uh, some of the kids that you know you were just playing as you got to play as your as yourself and it was more of a grounded thing like if you were going to say you're going to go to the school Everyone knew what that was and what it looked like because it was the real school. You know what I mean? But that was yeah. that was a lot of fun when we were when we were little kids. We used to play that one. That was concurrent with Champions. I never never played Champions, but we played Villains and Vigilantes. Did you do the Marvel or the DC one? I bought them, but we never played them. Okay. I have a long history, Joe, of, of buying, buying all books sorts and of not reading games. Them. Yeah, and nobody, nobody that uh, that I play play them. Yeah, so I would just read the manual and then be excited about wanting to play, and then moving on to something else because nobody else wanted to play. 
he's, he's, got, he's got a lot of friends like me. That's like, yes, <laughs> all of my friends. We're exactly like you. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Every one of my friends were just like you. They nobody want. Nobody was interested in any of that stuff. So I buy them, get all excited, and then put them back. Wait, on if, the they, shelf. <laughs> if they were just like uh, Mike, they were too hot in the pants for the girl that was no good for him in middle school to be bothering <laughs> with, like vigil- <laughs> villains and vigilantes. <laughs> She was hot too. Like people really were like, "Oh man, you should get it on with her." She, she was so funny. She was good looking, man. Debbie Myers attracted to me. That's for sure. Well, you dodged a bullet. Sounds like I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see if I can find her on Facebook, Debbie. But I, I, I did a lot of like. How did you spell Myers? Did she spell it the same way as you? I, I, I don't remember. But I, I, I just. Uh, her, her name was originally Debbie Gay, and then she, she took the – she married – her mom married somebody else, and she took that man's name. Oh, oh sure. Okay. Yeah. That wasn't your dad, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go out with that. What are you saying, Rob? I don't know. I, I, I need you. I need you to like tell an me. Sort of DC noise all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, sister dating, a uh, stepsister dating, is like a whole episode of like the Pornhub po- uh, podcast. I think <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's like a whole uh, genre. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Sorry, I didn't mean to. All right. So, Flare Flare comes in to break up the. Foxbat from breaking into a safe, and, and Foxbat is kind of like the character that has like a personality, and they introduce, and he's got a ping pong, a ping pong gun. <laughs> that that's his weapon. I I don't know what what he's gonna do with this ping pong gun, but the ping pongs that come out of the thing, they like grow as soon as like distance they, they'll like start off small and then they just keep on growing <laughs> so they turn into like a huge boulder <laughs> after they and that that then the ice guy comes and that's how fox bat knocks him out and uh so he gets back but past flair and this ice guy and uh then uh rose shows up who who also i've read she's had her own comic and she shows up and tries to uh, help the situation, but and she pushes Foxbat out the window, so he he fails in getting the crown. And then the scene cuts to like a, a business corporation where all these crates are moving, and they introduce you to Marksman. He's kind of like a, a Punisher type guy, except his gun doesn't look like it's a real gun. <laughs> it looks like some kind of like superhero gun. And uh, he's trying to find out what they're shipping in these crates. And uh, they're related to this organization that's trying to get the Hellfire, the Hellfire Crown. And uh, this is this demon guy. And I, I, I don't know if who these characters are outside of the the character. Like, what happened to the champions? Did they go into like public domain, and that's why we see them all over the place now? Could I, be. I don't I, know. I have no mm-hmm. idea. And then they introduce you to Giant Man, who's like a retired parent like he's sleeping there in the bed with his wife and he doesn't want to be the superhero and he's got a child on the way and already has a little boy and all of a sudden this guy shows up in his bedroom and he's like dr strange right and he's like we need you to come to stop them from getting the serpent crown and uh his wife is like no you can't leave us 
you're, you're a family man now. You've decided not to do this. And he struggles with it and he kind of gets blackmailed into going with the, the champions and they have their headquarters and they, they get situated. And, uh, that's kind of how it ends is on a cliffhanger. They're at their headquarters around their like Justice League table. Um, getting ready to play some D and D. No, I and, and then the <laughs> the Demons High Command shows up. Um, I don't know if their team name is called Conflict, but they look like KKK members in red outfits with soldiers near them, and they they come through the roof, which looks like it's like an entire like for a headquarters. It's an odd headquarters. The whole roof is made out of glass. And these guys just use their maces to break the glass and, and come through the roof. But <laughs> that's, that's how it ends on a cliffhanger. Um, and then it gives you, like, I, I guess, like, if you played the game, like, you get, like, full pages of the combat room and, like, what it's supposed to be and, like, all the powers and roles that you can do like values it'll say like the character and multi-powers and all this i don't know i don't play these games but it's it's very odd stuff Mm. but i didn't realize it was the first appearance because it until i opened up our database and i was like wow yeah i I thought this was a a previous appearance because they just started mid-story and they don't really introduce you any characters it's just like you're in this adventure. Huh. Do we have time? Do you want me to do another one? Or you guys want to sure. wrap it up? I'll, yeah, we um, can do I, one. I can more. stay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna. I, I, I'll go right to the, the other single issue that I that I um that I did, and that is Wonder Woman 164, Volume Two. So this is when Phil Jimenez um, starts. He is um, writing and drawing. He's uh, co-scripting is um, Jan Matisse, De Matisse. And uh, this was a, a really cool um, starting issue. It starts a four-part story um, where some of the Greek, you know, introducing the Greek gods again, and, and they're possessing, for whatever reason, they're actually possessing um, some villains in, in Gotham, and that's kind of how it starts off, is um, the children of Ares have, have possessed some villains. Uh, Ares is, um, has taken over Poison Ivy, Demos has taken over the Joker, and Phobos has taken over Scarecrow. Um, basically, they want to bring devastation to the Earth and remake it in Ares' image. Ares, it does not appear in this issue, and... Uh, I almost got the impression from some of the discussion that he, he doesn't necessarily even know what's going on, that he doesn't know that this is happening. He has nothing to do with it, rather. Um, so as I said, this takes place in, in Gotham. Um, you do see Wonder Woman come back from the prior adventure to uh, Paradise Island, and um, she finds out that her um, mother had just returned as well, and, and she sees her mother putting away her own Wonder Woman costume, and she asks her about that, and, and um, she says that she had been on on an adventure with uh, JSA, and um, it's funny, but Diana doesn't doesn't seem to appreciate that very much. She thinks that 
um, her mom um, should should actually stay um, in Themyscira and um, lead her people as as a proper queen and not be off all over um, all over the world as as the elder Wonder Woman. I'm not sure where where, where they're going with that, but you can see that this this is just starting. Um, uh, maybe that's a future plot point, but. Um, Diana learns what's happening here um, with Ares' children, and she says she's going to uh, go investigate. Um, Hippolyta uh, offers to join too, and, and Diana turns her down, saying that she's needed. You know that she just got back; she needs to again stay with her. You know, her as the leader of her people. So um, she tells um, Batman she's coming to help. Of course, Batman, being Batman, says that she he doesn't want her to come, and she. Um, Arrives <laughs> anyhow. Um, the, uh, the 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 three um, the villains are um, behind closed doors, and the front face of this is Maxi Zeus, which is not that um, much of a stress uh, a stretch, being that you know he has that delusion that he is you know reincarnated as as Zeus. He's all about the Greek gods and stuff, and so Batman has actually has the impression that. Maxi Zeus has somehow manipulated or, or taken control of these other villains to make them think that they're they're doing his bidding. Where really it's the other way around. He's like the flunky of 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 them, um, and they really are um, gods, uh, you know, being uh, possessing um, these villains. So uh, so anyhow, uh, Wonder Woman uh, comes there and and, and tells. Batman, no, you know this is this is what's really going on. Uh, these really are, um, these really are the gods, and um, and and it's funny. There's even the part where uh, Harley Quinn has been captured by uh, Poison Ivy, and, and even back back when this came out, um, you know they had had a history, and, and you know she's questioning, you know, <laughs> why do you, you know, this is, you know, why don't you put me down or whatever, and. And uh, and she quickly learns that this is not actually uh, this is not actually um, poison ivy. <clears throat> they sick a shimmera on her, some sort of a Greek mythological creature uh, on on Wonder Woman, not on on Harley. Sorry. And um, uh, she manages to put um, put that down. Um, Huntress is also doing some investigation. She encounters um, Artemis. Uh, and of course, um, after the requisite uh, quick little skirmish, they realize you know they're on the same side. And um, uh, back at the main action, um, Batman has been captured, and um, right at the last minute, um, Joker looks pretty cool. He's like got all these like huge, like Medusa. He's got these really long snakes for hair. And um, he manages to wrap them around Diana, and, and that's when they introduce themselves formally, formally as the um, as as the the Greek gods, the god of terror, god of discord, god of fear, and that they um, they want to rule um, they want to rule Earth um, with with their father, and that's that's actually the end of the issue. It's and as you can imagine, you know, with the Hemenes. I'm sure it's no surprise to you guys that, you know, I'm a big fan of his, you know, he's uh George Perez disciple and um, his very similar art style. 
And, uh, and yeah, I, I, the reason why I decided to pick this one up is actually they're talking to, he's one of the creators they talked to throughout the, um, that documentary I was t- telling you guys about. Yep. And he was actually, uh, discussing, um, an issue that he did, um, right. Uh, actually had a change, um, the outcome of, and then, uh, this, uh, a next issue after that, but he had to change the issue because it was coming out right, um, after the Twin Towers fell. And it was, uh, basically like the Times Square was going to be destroyed. So they actually, like, modified it. And then, sure. um, and they threw, um, some reaction, um, in there about the Twin Towers and how he, uh, Phil fought for, uh, some particular scenes. And he's glad that he did. And it made me want to go back and, um, and I had, I don't know that I've read his whole run, but I have a majority of it. And anything that I have, I've, I've read. Um, but I, I don't believe it's all of it. And I kind of want to revisit that after hearing him speak. Um, I want to revisit that. And, uh, and so that's what I'm reading on the DC Universe app. Nice. It just, just started. Yeah. That was Very pretty good. Very cool. Yeah. The, the other one I'll just mention real quick is just that I've been reading the hey, third hey, volume. Rob. Yeah, I just checked with my wonderful wife and she said she is fine for lunch for probably another good 20 minutes. So if you want to go in depth, go in depth. No, no, I I don't need to go in. And I wasn't going to go in depth anyhow, because it is seven parts that I've read so far. But I've been reading. I told Mike, um, I think it was last time we talked, maybe Mike, I was reading volume two of Uncanny X-Men because I had read it. I bought the first few issues and then stopped. Um, well, I, I had never um, read any of Volume Three of Uncanny X Men, so I started reading that along with all new X Men, which had come How out. How did at this the same happen, time. though? How did you not get Uncanny X Men? Were you I pissed told, off again? Yes, I told you I was angry. Now, why do you get pissed off? I never, I never, I never get pissed off. I just roll with the. I no. roll with Oh. We don't need to keep rebooting over and over again with new number ones every time somebody like loses loses uh, uh, you know their their uh, some spare change or something. Oh my God, we got to get a new number one out there. So so uh, so I mean, they're going to reboot X-Men. It's telling one story and and they made it two different volumes. It's they're going to reboot it again. I know it's it doesn't make any sense. But anyhow, um, no. But seriously, I was angry at the time. So. Um, I'm like, okay. If I owned a comic company, I'd reboot too. I, that's how you get your sales numbers back up. But I think, I think Rob was mad because it was long running at that point, right? It was the only original, it was the only comic loft that was still the same. Number right. I think that's why he was mad. I, I, I got you, Rob. I get it. Yeah, that's what it was. I don't, I don't get it. That's how I felt about action and detective. I was like, you can reboot everything. Leave action and detective alone. Alone. Leave those two alone. It doesn't change anything. Just leave the number alone. Yeah. He had to have number ones. So I remember being pissed about those two. So I hadn't read this volume three. I also hadn't read the all new X-Men when, when that came, that was the, the conceit was they brought the, um, the original team from the past back to the present. Because the Bendis stuff was out of hands. Yeah, yeah, both yeah. both written by Bendis. Yeah. So I'm like, well, if I'm going to read this one volume, I really should read the all new, which I don't own. So I I've been going back and forth between the physical copies of Uncanny and the digital of the all new. Well, I got to the point where there's a, there's a big story called Battle of the Atom, mm-hmm. which had its own one shot, and then each part was a different 
whatever, you know, the, all those different ongoing series that were going on at the time. So I'm like, well, I'm going to, I'll read that whole, that whole thing digitally since I, I've never read anything except for, I think some of the Wolverine in the X-Men, which I owned. So <clears throat> I've been doing that, uh, seven parts. Basically what the, what the conceit of this is, is that in battle against one of the Sentinels, um, the original Cyclops, the Cyclops, young Cyclops from the, that's, it's in the, in the present from, from the past. He briefly dies, like his heart stops, like some, he, he he's attacked, his heart stops. One of the new students actually has healing abilities and actually brings him, um, back from the, you know, from, from, from permanently being dead. But while his, when his heart stops and he dies, however briefly, the adult Cyclops disappears. He, he ceases to exist. Um, they bring him back to life and suddenly he pops back into existence and doesn't even know that he, he had been gone. And everyone's like, that was freaky. This is scary. We can't, we have to stop fooling around. These original X-Men need to go back to their own time. Right. Problem is, Jean Grey has, at this point, prematurely already started to develop her telepathy powers. Because if you remember, she just had telekinesis back when she um, first appeared in the X-Men. And she's kind of gotten a a mental download of everything that had happened to her from, uh, you know, all her, all her, uh, all the people that are in the current timeline. And so she knows she's died. She's died. She's scared to death to go back into the past. She manages to convince, convince young Scott to, to, um, uh, to, you know, run away, uh, which they do just as another team of X-Men from the future show up, a weirder looking beast, um, an ice man who looks like a giant snowball monster. I love um, <laughs> an elder Kate pride, um, a person that's dressed as Zorn, but as a woman and Charles Xavier's grandchild. Um, you, t- you end up learning that this Zorn um, person is actually Jean Grey. And it's the Jean Grey, not from the original timeline, but it's the Jean Grey that never went back to her original timeline after coming into the, the present. Um, and so she's the one more than anyone saying, no, you have to go back. Um, they're blocking their thoughts, which which um, makes um, young Jean a little bit um, suspect. But um, anyhow, they her and Scott run, and, and they run to current you know, uh, current day Cyclops, uh, who's you know with Magneto and 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 magic and stuff, uh, you know, on that island. And they agree to take them in. But as you know, they realize more and more, they're like, yeah, we're really we're really going to have to. You guys are going to have to go back. Um, so they round up. Angel has already joined. Um, uh, young Angel has already joined Cyclops' uh, team. So now they have Young Angel, um, Cyclops, and Jean Grey. Now they have to just go back to New York and grab Iceman and Beast. Magic, in the meantime, has been uh, has has gone into limbo, found out some information, and has grabbed Beast and Iceman, and somehow she's able to go forward in time, which I, I didn't really know that it's a skill set of hers. Uh, she just teleports. But anyhow, she teleports forward in time and finds out that this team, there's not, it's, it's not all that they say that they are. Um, the actual X-Men team of the future is um, like Cyclops is on it. Um, not Cyclops, sorry. Colossus is on it. 
um, some of the other members, and they're basically saying, yeah, no, we, we, they, they, like we, there was a schism that happened, and they're no, no longer part of us. Um, back when Dazzler um, was so popular, she actually won the presidency and was killed as she was giving her inaugural address. Dang, they're uh, always killing Dazzler. Right? <laughs> and, and, uh, and so in our back in the present, you see actually that they've been kind of found out, found out in, in the, the Kate Pride, the old Kate Pride. She turns blue and, I mean, I thought immediately she's Mystique, but apparently she's Wolverine's son, but blue also. So maybe Mystique has something to do with that. I don't know yet. But they start fighting. And that's kind of where I am now. So things are, are in flux. Um, Magic and, and Young Iceman and Young Beast have, have returned to present day to say, you know, something's up. And that's when, you know, Kate Pride reveals herself as, as something else with shape-shifting powers. Um, what exactly is going on? Who, you know, what fired the, this group with, with, you know, a Zorn, Jean Grey, suspicious, and what are they up to? We don't know yet. I've got, uh, I think, another five more issues to read. But I got to tell you, like, I, I remember hearing a lot of – this is from 2013, so this is only 10 mm-hmm. years old. Right. Um, just barely makes the cut for retro. But I remember hearing um, in a lot of different podcasts that I would listen to, like, just as they were covering this stuff, a lot of, like, um, just – negative uh, I, I think about Bendis's writing because it, it, which I can understand if you're reading it month to month because you read an issue there's a as you said before um Joe there's a lot of talking a lot of talking heads right the issue's over nothing really happened at least really pushing the story along perhaps and then you got to wait another month for another issue to come out for Maybe something else will happen. Here, I'm reading them all back to back very quickly. And I got to tell you, this, this story is, is absolutely crazy. I'm loving this Battle of the Atom um, event that's going on. I, I've been enjoying going back and forth between the all-new X-Men and Volume 3 of Uncanny. But again, I'm, it's a different reading experience. I can sure. read as many of them as I want, and I don't have to wait in between. I, I can imagine that if I had read them as they were coming out, maybe I wouldn't have enjoyed it are, so much. Are you reading these on the app? Or yeah, I'll read them all on the app. Yeah. On the app, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, when I read All New X-Men, it was one of those, I think I hadn't been picking it up. Um, and then, because I think I was starting to get kind of burnt out on Biz, Bendis at this point, because this is, I think, coming at the end of his uh, Avengers and Marvel Universe run, where he had... Uh, I, I mostly enjoyed it, and then I started really getting tired of him around Siege. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, ugh, I'm kind of burnt out on Bendis. And I skipped it. But it was really hot. And I remember going to the comic book store, and they'd have, like, number one, fourth printing, number two, third printing, number three, third printing, number four, whatever printing. Mm-hmm. And, I, I, and I bought, like, the first half dozen of it all at once. And, it, and like I say, the printings were all over the place, but I'm like, eh, I'll just, I'll give it a shot. Comic Geek Speak or iFanboy or somebody really liked it. Actually, it was probably iFanboy. They always really liked Marvel stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I got that one, and I just remember, I wasn't reading Uncanny, but I remember loving all new X-Men and really thinking it was fun and enjoying it. Yeah. So 
I'm excited. Uh, but yeah, I kind of binged it basically because I grabbed a huge chunk of it at once. I, I think that helps happens sometimes. I mean, helps sometimes. Um, yeah. Mike, you know, a lot of a lot of um, like you avoid that a lot. Like that. Clone, well, I that binge. Whole clone I binge everything. Yeah. Right. I was reading Spider Man. You know, religiously when that clone, whole clone saga came, and I'm like, oh my god, this is this. I, I don't like this. It's taking forever. But then if you could read it, yeah, I read just it on your own pace. And it quick, was really like, good. Go, yeah, yeah, because you and plus you pick up more because you don't forget, you know, yeah. between yeah. between issues. But but again, you don't have to wait and wait and wait for something that you don't know how it's going to end up resolving. And again, that, and I don't mean the details, but of course, eventually, you know, Peter Parker's like back. You, you know what I mean? By the time you're reading this, you know that Peter Parker's Spider Man. It's not like. It's still Ben Riley, or at the time you you just like how when is this going to end? How is it going to end? And if you're not enjoying it, it can make it, it, it reading it month to month can make it a little worse. Where I think if you can read it at your own pace, it's, it, it helps a lot. I have yeah. one question. Um, mm-hmm. You said, did you say Kitty traveled to the future? Magic. Magic travel. Yeah, I didn't know she could do that. Because I, all I could think of is, like, that sounded very much like what they did in Days of Future Past. How did they get Kitty in the future? I mean, in the past when they did that. I don't remember. It's been years since I've read it. Yeah, I don't I don't remember. Oh, you know what? It might, it, and, and you know what? Now that I'm saying about magic, I, I, I think that she was teleporting back. Because, I mean, she had to go to the mansion to mm-hmm. get Iceman and Beast and they do have like a time cube there. So I, th- Oh, okay. So maybe that's what they're doing. But I think it was something similar. Like, I think somehow they got a hold of Dr. Doom's time thing. Yeah. I think they the time, time ramp or whatever. You yeah. And I think that that might be even, even okay. back in the, in, in that days of future past, I think okay. that that's what, what had happened um, with that. So, but that, cause that's what reminded me. I'm like, you know what? I, I don't think it's magic that was teleporting. I think yeah. that I misunderstood because she disappeared from Cyclops' group, and they're mm-hmm. like, well, where did she go? And then the next issue, she's in all-new X-Men seeing Beast and, 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 and Iceman, mm-hmm. and then they're going to the future. So I think that I I just missed it. Oh, well, of course, she's using the time portal there. She, it's not that she's just teleporting into Got the it. future. Yeah, Okay, that, that, that makes that, sense. Was, sorry, that's that, what was, it rem- yeah, that was my mistake. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Is like, And I couldn't remember. It's like, how the hell did Kitty get to the past because in the movie they like do some kind of like juju thing where they like and she like just shoots back to the past and yeah. ends up in wolverine or something right i i don't remember the movie part oh, um, yeah. Yeah, anyway, anyway but uh, you know what i should have said too is that when magic and those two show up in that future it's a bright it, i mean uh, notwithstanding the fact that dazzler had had been you know assassinated when she became president um, but when they're there, it looks like a very bright, sunny future. So mm-hmm. that's not being portrayed from the Zorn, Jean Grey in them. They're making right. it sound like it's apocalyptic that they stay. Um, and that's not what Magic saw when they went to the future. It looked uh, like a very, a very good-looking future. So that, that's another thing that I, hasn't resolved itself. We don't know exactly what's going on yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm anxious to read the rest. Nice. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I always get excited. Uh, you know, my pal Chris Sheehan, he had really negative feelings and 
about the X-Men and had jumped off after being a lifelong fan and he had gone back and rediscovered him and, and found a lot of happiness there. So I, that really makes me happy that, you know, you're, you're digging back in and you're enjoying what you're finding. That's I really, I really am. I'm happy as well that, and maybe it's for the best that I didn't read it at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, most definitely. I might not have liked it. Yeah. You know, there's something Rob, to be said when you, you sit down with what? the volume. Rob, what were you doing up so early in the morning? You know what? I was funny. Before you jumped on, I was telling Joe. Uh, so you, <laughs> you, were in a, you were in a lot of pain. I no matter because I get up so early. I don't get up that early, but because I have, to, I usually get up five fifteen, five thirty to get ready for work. Yeah. Um, I, I start work at seven. I don't go anywhere, so I don't need to get. You know, I work from home, so I don't need to get up that early. But it's just my habit, and I'll get up. I'll read a couple comics and and stuff like that before I have to log in. But um, because I get up so early, Mike, it's like I'm like programmed to ha- to wake up. I just wake up. I had to go to the bathroom. I went and lied back down, but I'm like, you know what? I'm. That's just the old man thing. Got to go to the bathroom. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just, I'm like, you know, I'll scroll through my or I'll sleep off, and I see a message from Mike from like two minutes prior. I'm like, oh my God, it's like not. It's almost 3 a.m. At, at where he is. The funny yeah, thing, I, I think I saw it at like pain. two in the morning this morning too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, I, you know, since I didn't get to do anything fun this weekend, I think I'm gonna place a my comic shop order so uh i'll uh walk away with something that's good yeah they usually uh mike if you if you can't find it quick i almost always just go to facebook and it'll be one of their top uh post so, so if oh, you okay ever, you ever pull up their facebook yeah sometimes i just there. delete their stuff because i have so yeah. much in my want list right now like same yeah it's like uh i i don't bring them up and I just like, okay, I, I've been buying from this, this guy on Twitter lately. Yeah. And, uh, I haven't done a, my comic shop order in like forever. And I have this list that, that I have to, I have to look through and make sure I didn't buy it elsewhere, but, mm-hmm. uh, I don't even know what I'm going to buy. I, I really want to finish my Adam and Hawkman runs. Um, Ooh, that look, that sounds good. Yeah, I, I'm so close, but but I think I'm gonna finish my cap run. I'll, there's only three more issues left, mm-hmm. so uh, I might might as well do that. Yeah, that's, not, that's probably even better of an idea. I'm three show no three essentials and one showcase away, and once that bastard ships the essential I ordered over a week ago from eBay, I'll be two essentials away. That's amazing, Joe. So yeah, I got yeah, three volumes total. Very I, I, I really like get itchy knowing that I have this complete epic run, mm-hmm. and I stopped. Like it, it just like it kills me. Yeah. There, there were two things that kill me: the epic one and the uh, Star Wars. But, but I fixed the Star Wars. Thing. <laughs> you, well, I, you I take it if I keep buying it. The the right. funny thing about the one showcase I need, I had it in my DCBS cart, you know, in 2011 or something. And I was like trying to save money, and it was probably eleven dollars. And I'm gonna probably end up spending minimum fifty for it. It was that's the so, weird. Everything's so expensive now. Yeah, it's, it's the weird War Tales one. Well, that's why I'm so pissed about the X Men they hadn't shipped me. It was like eighty dollars, and I'm like, dude, frickin' ship it. What are you waiting for? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You made so. your profit on the damn thing. Yeah. 
So yeah, I, lately I've had good experience with the eBay shippers. They've they've me too. done. I've had good. mostly good luck. This I'm is saying only like five, five to seven days. I I usually yeah. get it. You know. Or well, he hasn't did. even marked it shipped yet. And like I say, I paid for it a week ago. Yeah, that's yeah. aggravating. Yeah. Yeah. If it's not even marked shipped, I, I, have you sent him a message? Yeah, I should because you know what? This is the other part of the story. I paid that much because I'm like, I'm not going to see this X-Men. Those high-run X-Men's are really hard to find. I'll be damned if I didn't go to the mall that afternoon after I already paid for it and they have it for $54. God. At the mall, and I'm like, damn it. So, yeah, I should send him a note because we're going to the mall this afternoon. I'm like, dude, if you're not going to ship it, I want a refund, and I'll just go buy it. You you, you should you should just because, I mean, uh, as, as far as I've seen it, it, it these days, it's like. Was he a reputable seller? I thought so, yeah. Was he a reputable seller? Like his. I, he, had a, he had a good rating, yeah. So, I mean, uh, it, it could be something that he forgot that he just. Or he's on vacation. happened. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'll hit him up because, like I said, I'll just go buy it at the mall. Yeah. But anyway, so I'm real close. I'm excited. I don't. Wanna, that's, yeah. that's fantastic. One of one of the guys on Twitter's like, "What are you going to do after?" And I was like, "Well, I'm finally get the bastard dread, I guess." <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's the next stop. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we can wrap this one up. Uh, thanks for for uh recording yeah um, i know i'm usually on top of it and have my recorder ready to go and skype just wouldn't come up and i knew once the reboot it takes forever so and i didn't know if skype would come up so thanks for doing that send me no it through google if you can will do and uh you can reach us at geekbrunchpodcast.com and facebook at geekbrunchpodcast at Iowa's Joe on Twitter. Are you the same handle on Blue Sky? I am. Uh, Twitter slash Blue Sky. And uh, at Mike Myers Brunch at Twitter slash Blue Sky. And at Rob Krieger at Twitter <laughs> slash Blue Sky. So um, you can reach us on either either end. But uh, I think we can wrap this one up. Thanks for, thanks for coming. I was real surprised that we would have three. Usually it's uh, – it's two people that can get together these days, but back to uh, school, man. Yeah, yeah re- really cool to talk to everybody. Yeah, and, uh, for for sure, and, and and yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, thanks for indulging me a little later than we normally uh, record. I was happy to. Yeah. All right. Well, take it easy, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Right. Bye. Bye Have a good Sunday. Bye. You too. Bye.